Can you imagine like just their thought when they like a big buck, especially in like December or January, he finds the 10 acre bean field. He's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I am good. Yeah. I am good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's. A hundred podcast is brought to you by deer grow. Heck yeah, man. Dude, we put a lot of food in the ground every year, you know, seemingly more and more, and uh, we have a ton of fun with it during the off-season. There's some struggles that come with it too, though, right? Obviously, the back of my truck is evidence, you know, right now. It's Mm -hmm. a couple weeks after uh, I jackknifed, you know, a 4,800-pound material spreader, you know, as I was coming down, and it's just too much weight for my truck there. But, you know, all those struggles aside, you know, Deer Grill really has been a staple for our food plotting process uh, for several years now. Yes, we like to put lime and fertilizer on the plots, you know, if we can, but there are some that it's just we're not able to get to them or it's not feasible for us to get out of state with that stuff and so deer grow is kind of the, the quick and easy but still super effective option for us to be able to get the most out of those food plots that we can every year yeah, and i mean we're guilty of over analyzing things just like everyone else but that's the best part about deer grow is that it's going to create healthier soils which in turn makes better food plots and the fact is is we can simply spray plot start or plot till when we put the seed in the ground and then when that plant starts to grow we hit it with boost we know that we walk away when we come back, it's going to be a great looking food plot. For anybody that's looking to try deer grow, if you use the code HUNTER15, that's H-U-N-T-R-1-5 at checkout for deergrow.com, and save 15% on any of your deer grow products. It's a great way to get started on this and just see what the results are for yourself. Better food plots, bigger deer. And we're back. Hey, Hunter Podcast, episode 152. Nick keeps us in line. Hey, we appreciate you guys listening. If you are on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, sir, we appreciate it if you give us a follow, uh, any engagement. You know, Jeremy and I try to read those from time to time, and, uh, you know, we see you out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, thank you. Yeah, we don't get to comment on all of them. There was a lot on this last one. Sometimes I just like the community and engage with each other, but we do interact on some of them. Yeah. Positive and negative. I skim them. I skim them. From time yeah. to time, yeah, positive and negative. Yeah, that's why I say we, we appreciate you. This is this is this is my response here. Yeah, appreciate your engagement. Uh, is it is it coffee in the, in the late morning season now? Coffee in the late morning season. Well, we had been going like straight water because it was hot, starting to get cooler. What do you mean? I don't think you've been having your coffee. Oh, I see. What it is is uh, I've been I've been up in the octane, so mm. less water, more straight. Because I it's the espresso maker. Espresso. Mm-hmm. So I drink four espressos every morning. Like that's what's Holy in. Holy That's what's in here. And honestly, it's not. It's barely cutting it <laughs> anymore. And so I used to. That's why I have all these tall Stanleys. Uh-huh. I used to do double espresso, fill with water, fill the cup. Double yeah. espresso, fill with water, fill the cup up, and it fills it to the brim. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, at some point, I I had a more pure espresso. Like I just didn't add water, or I added less, and I was like, this is better. And then. So then I was, uh, I have been doing uh, double espresso, fill with water, double espresso, fill the cup. Mm. So only one, you know. Water. W- only one water. So when we're in Kansas and we do the espresso Americano That was whatever, a straight up. That was is that double a espresso single or is that with double? a thing of water. Is that a single or a double? Double. It's always a double. It's always a double. It's always a double. Always. <laughs> so yeah. you do double, dad. and then, yeah, that's why my dad's like, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, so I do two doubles, and the only thing I consider changing is the amount of water. He's still cranking straight Maxwell House. You know? <laughs> Honestly, if I could, I wish I could like trade in all these tall Stanleys, because mm-hmm. I, I don't need them anymore. I just need the short Stanleys. I do this, it's the same amount of caffeine and espresso, but less water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. And hence, maybe a longer time between urinations. Oh. <laughs> Critical. Yeah, yeah. Critical. For podcasting and tree stand sitting. Critical. Right. Yeah. Also, it's less space to put in the pack, the smaller Stanley. So Yeah. I was pretty proud of Harlan uh, this past weekend when we were hunting Kentucky. He did his first tree stand pee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that his, nice. That's not his first tree stand hunt, is it? No. No, he's been once or twice. That's cool. That's um, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. He loved it. Tree stands are scary. He loved it. Yeah, he was super remember? stoked. Nick, you've never been in a tree stand, have you? I've never been in a tree stand. We could get you in a tree stand. <laughs> There's definitely an element of getting over your fear of heights. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, I am afraid of heights. Me too, a I, little bit. I didn't know I was until I was like hiking one day and I like looked down over this mountain. I was like, eh. Nah. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't think I'm afraid of heights inherently. I'm afraid of falling to my death. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> I could do heights. Like I could skydive and st- I think I could. Me too. You know, but yeah, I just. That's true. It's more like uh, if, if. Yeah, I just don't, I don't want to fall to my death. Yeah. I want to avoid that. Yeah, I want to avoid Skydiving seems like (laughs) one that would be pretty much in check with fall to your death. Because you're relying on somebody else to have made your parachute work. Yes, that's my issue. I have trust issues. (laughs) That would be mine. But it's an intentional, uh, controlled height. Like, you're supposed to be up there. That's what you're doing. It's more like if you find yourself, like, really high on a cliff, and you're like, I'm stuck out here, you know, that could be bad. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not supposed to be here. Uh-huh. Like this is dangerous. Uh-huh. Sky, sky, skydiving has a, an element of danger. I mean, did you guys used to climb trees as a kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's what, like that. Like immediately, I didn't have a fear of heights because I just climbed trees. I fell out of trees. Like, yeah. well, and see, that's I don't have a fear of that. I'll climb all the way to the top of a tree. Like, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't scare me. But like, we used to uh, live by uh, some railroad tracks, mm-hmm. and like the only way back into these. Uh, there was like a waterfall and stuff back there. We, we would take the dogs and stuff. With, was this really tall uh, railroad um, trestle? Yep. And it was tall. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know what it was eighty, a hundred feet. Like mm-hmm. it was up there. Mm-hmm. And there would be like missing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, boards. Board, uh, yeah, beams, whatever. Yep. And I mean, that was pretty railroad sketchy because it's like yeah. mm-hmm. you get out towards the middle of it, and it's like you're there. And I would hold the dogs because the dogs would have to. F- and so I'm like, if they squirm or you know, yeah. not good. There go. Train comes. You get, you know, <laughs> so you have to get, just get in a mode. You have yeah. to every other step and just kind of get going. Yeah. Don't trip. That kind of reminds me when, when we were in high school, we used to go to this place called Falls Cut. It's like, uh, kind of like a water hole, swimming hole, but you could like cliff jump into it. And, Is it around here? Uh, probably. And it was around like Somerset County. Okay. Um, but you like take train tracks to get to it yeah. and like the tunnel where the train goes is like just narrow enough to where like if the train comes like yeah you're screwed you're screwed so you're like bolting ass like through this <laughs> tunnel and then you get there and there's like two or three different cliffs but the one i jumped off of was like 35 feet it's yeah. like the biggest thing i ever jumped off of i like those i like those like intense where it's like you have to right you yeah. have you or you're dead. do or die yeah, yeah. do or die <laughs> i like that <laughs> well you're uh you saw when you went to Curacao, you saw those people jumping off that cliff, right? And didn't your mom was like, no, like, don't do that. I would have done it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll jump off any cliff. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, cool. I saw it from a distance. We, I think we were just, I don't know, it was crowded and yeah. like parking was kind of a, and we had the women with us. So. Mm-hmm. The women. Ugh. Mom and my wife. 
<laughs> yeah. The they they, they definitely weren't about it either. You know, yeah. also, no, that's, I mean, that's it. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there's the the thought of like being in a hospital in a third world country is not super appealing. So yeah, I don't want to. I wouldn't want to end up there. You do learn. I mean, the older you get, I mean, I've I've been hurt badly enough and often enough that I'm like, I like to think I've wised up a little bit. I get yeah. to that line of like, I know I can assess the risk, and I'm like, mm. yeah. When you're younger, you can heal fast. When you're older, not so much. Yeah, I still heal pretty quick. I mean, yeah, I haven't been seriously hurt though since my. Finger was my last major, <laughs> yeah, my last major injury, and that was seven years ago. Has it been seven years? Yeah, seven and a half. Wow. Eight, eight in May. That's <laughs> crazy. Dude, uh, my uncle caught up with him at the wedding this weekend. Mm-hmm. He's a huge fan. He lives here in Uniontown. Oh, oh the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was yeah. like, of what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, he said, hilarious. He said he saw you in public and he goes, Yeah, the, the guy without the finger. But what's his name? I was like, Oh, Jared. And he goes, Yeah, I tried to run up to him. And then by the time I got to him, he just disappeared. I was like, He was a leprechaun. Yeah. Uh, where was he? Uh, I fr- he said some store in Uniontown. Hmm. I don't remember. But no, he, he he's a big hunter. He loves to hunt. He works at Bass Pro Shops now. It's his retirement job. And yeah, he was. Is super excited about Very it. Very funny. It's funny. <laughs> I do see people every once in a while. I think. It's like, I don't know. You don't want to think like, uh, oh, you know, oh, people are looking for yeah. But like at the gym and stuff, like I, sometimes I think that people are looking at me and I'm like, I just pretend like I'm not the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's not me. It's I just, not I just me. keep lifting. You know? I saw yeah. a kid who was working at um, one of the ag co-ops in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, you he was like, stare, I was like, What's going on? It's funny how you run across he's like, people. He's like, you have a podcast, right? I like, yeah. yeah. I stay in touch with uh, the ones that uh, actually come up and it's so, like there's a there's a dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bell if we Vernon. see you, like, come talk to us. Well, he saw the Whitetail Properties truck. Yeah. And then so he's, I was parked somewhere. He came and stopped and he's like, yeah, Whitetail Properties, huh? And then uh, he's like, oh, I think he was like dropping hands and he's like, you you are. He's like, that is that podcast, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I talk to him like all the time now. We stay in touch. So That's really funny. Yeah. We're super approachable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much. This is what you get. You see, is what, yeah. what you see is what yeah. you get. Like, I mean, there's. Yeah, we're not going to be uh, any different in person. Um, well, it is October twelfth. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Two weeks in. Yeah, man. Just uh, we're floating along here. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, don't know, uh, I don't know how to classify it. I mean, well, here, here was in my brain. I like people tend to. Be like, uh, people, people t- want to freak out like this time of year. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, me. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I, well, I mean, my, my uncle Dale does the same thing. You know, he's just constantly wanting to be like, oh, like I thought this was going to happen. This was going to happen. I was like, just relax, dude. Like it's, yeah. it's October 12th. Like we got, it's, it's plenty of time. Like yeah. we're, we're hunting. It's not like, I think that mindset comes from like, I had this plan for this opening day or for mm-hmm. whatever these first initial cold fronts and like. Just because you didn't kill the buck doesn't mean like you know. Yeah, game's not over. It's over. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's just we're hunting. Like mm-hmm. this is the season. Now we're now we're hunting. We're looking for opportunities to get back and mm-hmm. watch him play in weather. I mean that's that's kind of the game. Looking for opportunities in the schedule to get back out. So well, and I think that's the you know so most of the country uh, around the opening part of October was super hot, like scorching, mm. and then we got that first cold front that came through, which was substantial. Um, when did that come through? Was that right around? Was that for the opener, or was it right after? It was right, right after. Right after the opener, because it was hot. You're yep. right that first couple of days. Yep. And then, um, and so that was. I mean, <clears throat> in terms of cold fronts, that was one of the best ones. You mm-hmm. know, we got two. We got two in a row. Yeah, that you could see. And the problem was, I say problem, but it was early. You know, so I mean, if you're hunting 
there's first of all a lot of big bucks died. Yeah. Um, see, Lakoski killed a giant. Ben Rising killed a giant. Yeah. Um, Brian up at your farm killed a really big one. Bunch of guys have. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a lot of bucks hit, but at the same time, not as good of timing as if you know we're talking about the twelfth, but fifteenth, twentieth, twenty fifth of October, where you know bucks are crushing scrapes, getting a little bit more frisky. Um, that, I, I think that's the other thing too, though, is like, and I don't, I don't, you know, maybe they're right, but like, I, I don't, how do I put this into words? Like, the rut's the rut, and sure, and early season's early season, and mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the deer are there all the time. It's not like during mm-hmm. the rut they appear. I think that's the problem. Is well, not, well, not in some cases they do. Them. In some cases they do, I guess. But. Like my farms. Are, like last night, I had two new. I had a three-year-old and a four-year-old show up. That That's were true. New last they night. they definitely cover more ground. The, the yeah. movement is different. It's, but if if you're set yeah. up with like your farm, um, you guys have bucks in the summer that you catch up to early season. Uh, we should talk about this today because it's kind of interesting. Um, so like you said, Brian did kill a buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys that hunts with us in camp. Stud. Yeah, great deer. A four-year-old, like uh, low fifties. You think it was four? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Wow. For sure. I, and that deer we talked about it. Phil dressed like two six or uh, on the hoof two sixty two seventy. No, 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 two, no. Two thirty five. Phil dressed two thirty. Phil dressed two thirty five. So, on the, so hoof, on the hoof, he was probably two sixty ish as a four year old giant. Yeah. Yeah. Big body deer. Big yeah. old greasy cheeks. Imagine if you've been sitting around eating uh, acorns mm-hmm. and yeah cashews and Just almonds packing for it, weeks. Packing it on. Deer's probably put on twenty five pounds in the past yeah. couple of weeks. You know? Laying on the fat. Yeah. So yeah, big deer, big heavy. He's twenty two inches inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, stud. Uh, the way we kind of like we roll with that at our farm is like everybody's kind of like we're a c- congruous group. Like yep. you know, Corey and I hunted that stand twice. Right? Twice the two yep. times before Brian killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, no, not immediately before, but we, we hunted it twice for that deer yep. and some other. You know, there's some other deer I think are four in there. And just whatever, just didn't see him. And then we pulled out and tried a different spot. Sure enough, he was there that night. We got mm-hmm. a picture. Sure done. enough. And then Brian went back the next day and killed him. And killed so, him pretty early in the evening too, right? It was six o'clock. Okay. And it gets, to, it's last light is seven thirty. So yeah, I mean plenty of light. Yeah, plenty of light. Plenty of light. Spined him. That's did he? Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Hit him with the sever. I mean that's that's what did it. So he he uh, he said he was <clears throat> he said he was coming up the gas line. So dude, first of all, this stand is dynamite it's like one of our top five stands and it's it's a it's a repeatable setup like and we've talked about it before basically what it is is it's a a leeward facing you know downward downward Mm -hmm. is you know side bedding area where we've done a bunch of tsi overlooking nebraska field and i've got a bigger destination source down to the like southeast Mm -hmm. we approach from the north yeah okay through uh cattle pasture this is the one time that i appreciate cows and, and farming activity and stuff like that is it does provide access, Easy access you know via places that are less likely to have deer mm-hmm. so i'm approaching um we approach from the north you know o'brien approached from the north with a southwest wind mm-hmm. so on his right front of his face all the way you know in, in this it's a gas line is what it is cuts through the pasture and then eventually through the the top end of this like bedding area and stuff which i've planted in rye this year so mm-hmm. it's i mean it's it's decked yeah. out and he can access all the way up to right at the field line. There's a there's a fence, and then the tree stands, twenty five yards inside the fence. I mean yeah. that's that's all just boop, as far as you're leaving, as far as intr- pushing in there. It's like it's one of those cool spots that's like you can get way in there without ha- feeling like you're having to push through very much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think like uh, six, six o'clock, you know, wind was perfect and stuff. He was in there. That buck got up like he's done a few nights before and, and walked up the edge. You know, they're, they're creatures of edge. That's There's an edge there. There's the fence line. There's another road that comes up through that bedding. And there's all kinds of reasons that they would be there. And there's a big scrape that I've been mm-hmm. working for them and that they've, they've taken over. And uh, he'd worked it that morning. So we knew he was in there. And he came up and Brian was expecting him, it sounds like, to hit that scrape again. And he didn't. He he kind of, once he was getting closer, like 40, 50 yards, and Brian's, you know, obviously freaking mm-hmm. out. This is the biggest buck he's ever shot. Yeah. <clears throat> I think started to diagonal across the rye field. And mm. it's only it's only 10 yards across. Sure. So, yeah, it's narrow. You know, so it's it's 30 yards to the opposite side of it from the tree stand. Mm-hmm. Tree stand is maybe 15 yards off of it. And so he goes to the other side and is walking. And, and he said that uh, he, he felt like the deer sensed him. Like, you know, he... he you know, just their body language changes, um, despite the wind being totally in his favor. So I, I don't know ex- just, yeah, exactly sense. what happened there, but, but he said he kind of like, he, he alerted and then kind of took two like kind of little leaps and Brian stopped him either that or he, you know, blatted and he stopped on his own, whatever happened there. And that, you know, that'll frazzle you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he took the shot at 30 yards and he, he doesn't know what happened. He said it felt good. But it's possible that you're, uh, you know, duck, duck and turn, yeah. reacted. I, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he's on high alert, that makes sense that he would react. But, yeah, hit him right in the spine and back, you know, <laughs> classic, <laughs> you know, not not pretty, <laughs> you know. So, he, you know, the deer is flopping around on the ground, and uh, he was able to put another arrow in him from the stand and, and finish him pretty quickly. But, but yeah, that was, so that was, uh, what day was that? Seventh? Sunday night? Sunday Seventh night. Eighth? I want to say it was Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventh or eighth, and then um, well, I guess uh, on opening day, Harlan killed that eight point behind the house. Yeah, yeah, which was cool. Yeah, um, you know we we hadn't really we don't see a ton of bucks on our place until you know starting around now. Oh, I'm sorry, I yeah, kind of okay. went on a tangent there about you know Brian's story, but what I wanted to tell you is that buck that he killed summered uh, a mile and a half away. Yeah. And we're, you know, we were talking about, and he's done that before. I literally, you know, I, I was telling him, I was like, this buck's going to, you know, last year he showed up October. This year he showed up a month earlier. I don't know if it's because he. He shifted out of there in September. Liked what he saw or because of the acorns or, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a big bean field there now, whatever it yeah, was. It could just begin another age of maturity for the hierarchy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Social dynamic could have something to do with it. So he showed up a month earlier, you know, Brian killed him. We were, as we're celebrating and talking about that, it's, it's into Monday and, and, uh, it, it, uh, it was Monday or Tuesday. Today's Thursday, so it must have been, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how, you know, interesting that was. Like, man, it's, it's interesting. We saw this deer come from, from a mile and a half away. Like, you know, why did he do that? Uh, they seem to do that every year. And I told him, I was like, there's another one that's going to do the same thing. Like, I've got I've got pictures of him all, all year last year as a three-year-old. Like, any any day here, now he's going to show up. Mm-hmm. That night, at last light, he shows up at the log pile. From two and a half miles away. Wow. The, t- the tile lake is where he came from. Yeah. I'm like, holy cow. I mean, first of all, it's cool that we can, you know, yeah, we have the history. Know the history there. To be able to know that. Mm-hmm. But also uh, the luxury, I think, of having cameras spread out that far to be able to observe and say, man, two and a half miles away that deer came from. Well, I mean, that's this whole kind of theory around like. It's not like he's rutting either. Like, yeah. It's just a shift. Yeah, it's just a shift. You know, and if you got to think, I mean, <clears throat> what we talk about this, most people on average are hunting 100 acres, right? So that's probably, you know, the majority of people on average are hunting 100 acres. 
if you're monitoring that 100 acres or even 200 acres, uh, I mean, the fact is, is that when deer leave, a lot of times we all jump to the conclusions of like, he disappeared, he's dead. You know, you kind of almost have to. The, the, the nature of hunting and hunting pressure in some of these states, maybe in a state like, you know, Kansas or Iowa or South Dakota, it's not so much. But, you know, in these pressure states of Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Missouri. Um, the close up lens, yes. Yeah, you, you feel like when that deer vanishes, right, and doesn't come back or, or doesn't return even the next season, it's like he's dead. It's just what you jump to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like whether it's just, you know, connections more, um, social media with the internet, the ability with cameras to monitor more ground, you know, those pictures and stories are starting to come clear that maybe those deer aren't dying. They're literally just moving and they're out of your observation range. Um, so they're not dead. They're just over here. You know, somebody wrote in about, um, to our thing. What was it? Like, it was like a five year separation of this deer getting killed you know just because it's important i want to make sure i have the uh the details of it here we go uh we're talking it was basically in comments to our ghosting clip uh basically he had this buck in 2016 on a piece of permission ground then six years later in 2022 that same buck was killed 15 to 20 miles away Wow. And how are they confirming it's the same deer? Well, I mean, yeah, sure, sure looks like it. Dude, I'll tell you what, though. There are some similar-looking deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I would say so. 2016 and 2022. Yeah, so, I mean... Sure looks like it. So, what, he's, pro- he's probably, like, what, a, a four-year-old in 2016? Looks like it to yeah. me. Yeah. Heavy-horned. Like a nine- or ten-year-old in 2022. Yep. Wow, that's wild. That definitely does happen. Yeah. So, I mean, again, could be same genes. You know, we don't know. Yeah. Right? It's it's observationally saying. It does happen, man. I, there's been deer on my pro- my own property mm-hmm. in the same year that I thought were the same that mm-hmm. ended up being different deer. I mean, the, the buck I'm hunting behind my house this year, I hunted last year. I swear I have that deer in 20... 20- 17 in Kentucky as a two-year-old no here in Pennsylvania oh really as a two-year-old mm. uh it looks exactly the same tall g2 small g3s looks like a two-year-old 2017 that deer I never saw him again not an 18 not 19 is it an eight point huh is it an eight point barely an eight this year he actually the went stupid down eight anyway. points are so tough to tell yeah. it's like there's not enough for me to like I mean there's enough there's enough connectivity that when he showed up last year I immediately was like holy shit that's that deer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and so if he was a two-year-old, right, in, in 18, he was like six-ish last year, seven. Mm-hmm. And, like, he went downhill this year. His his G3s are almost gone this year. Yeah. So he could be seven and or eight this year. And that's a deer that, you know, the year after he disappeared, he's like, man, sucks. Pennsylvania, he's dead. I'm sure it happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. Where but, you're at, I mean, you're, you're buttoning up to big, big. A huge timber. I mean, I've got. You know. Literally twenty five thousand dollars, twenty five thousand acres of contiguous ground next to me. Wow, I'm like the point of it. Cool. Um, you know, it's just and it's big mountain land. It's like those mountain bucks we talk about. I mean, literally, I think Rieger was the one who said it. Like leeward acorns, leeward acorns for twenty five thousand acres. It looks the exact same. Yeah. So I mean, you know, sure, I've got an acre food plot, which by the way is destroyed. 
Is it? Uh, yeah, I've just mowed completely. Um, How big is it, you said? About an acre, a little over an acre. Did you put any cereal grains in there? Yeah, wheat. When yeah. are we? Which is there, but that it's, should hold up. I'm hoping it'll come back. Yeah. But I mean, it's mowed heavy. Yeah. Dude, uh, an acre of brassicas is not enough. Like, in a, it did in a, good last year. That was the funny thing. That it really hmm. was the drought. Yeah. When yeah, it, yeah. Our, too. My brassicas looked amazing, and when it started droughting in early September, they jumped on them and mowed them. Yeah, mine too. Whereas last year, like they were two feet tall. Mm-hmm. Just too much water content. Yeah. No, I, but we had to say I noticed the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my brassicas got hit really hard during September. But yeah, I mean, it, so it's interesting Despite to see. Acorns, in fact, um. I think he was probably one. So in 2021, I got this really tight nine point. He was probably just a super one-year-old. Could have been two, but I doubt it. I bet he was a super one. This is in Kentucky, by my place. Last year, never saw him. Like, just ghost disappeared. So again, I'm thinking, man, you know, he probably looked pretty decent as a two-year-old or three-year-old and got shot. Nope, showed up last night. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen him in over a year, two years almost. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the, you know, the macro picture that like, I, you know, I hope people get a opportunity to experience, whether it's through access or just you know, talking to people, you know, if you share pictures and stuff like that, it's really interesting to see, you know, them, them deer will cover ground for, for some reason, like, you know, I, I don't know. It's cause there's a lot of stuff around like small property management and this and that, like we, we get our, you know, which is all good stuff. It's because what that's what the average person has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Property. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's it's all good stuff. But like we get this idea that like the, the deer range is like oh it's at most a couple during thousand most acres, deer, yeah. If that, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. We want to think they're like, hey, this is pretty close to where they're at, and and there are instances I think where mature bucks have a, a very specific core area that that does happen. But um, man, them deer will they will move. Mm-hmm. I think the shift is the biggest thing. Move. Um is like at it and i think it starts in september and i think it continues through january uh and Mm -hmm. i i think a lot of people are you know and i've been guilty of saying it is like you know you get in that september early october you're like okay here's the fall shift right Mm -hmm. I, i think it's individual it's down to that individual deer of when they decide to move like that that buck that brian killed he decided september was the right time to move this year yeah um that buck it was a month earlier it was a it was almost a month to the day earlier that buck that showed up last night in kentucky that that he's a 10 this year but you know for whatever reason you know here it is mid-october he decided to move into that area whereas the year i had him on camera he was there the whole year saw him all the time yeah so he left completely i mean i'm running 12 cameras down there probably uh, over 200 acres Mm -hmm. and i didn't see him at all last year and this year you decided to move back. Well, that's the that's what creates the like um uh like the, the frantic moving around of cameras is like, you know, you never want to like set still on them. I but but you also don't want to move them too fast. That's the problem is cuz sure. cuz you're like, wow, it could show up and they do. Like sometimes do. cameras will like they're dead for weeks and then all of a sudden it's like Boom. Yeah, like this, a certain buck will move in, and and he goes to that spot. Mm-hmm. F- funny enough, that buck Brian killed exact same scenario. Like there was that was the scrape that I got him on for the first it's time last year, and, time. and that's right where he went this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, I think the dynamics this year are um, uh, like I've got a lot of cameras on my food sources just because mm-hmm. that's where I've too. had him on. Uh, the amount of acorns has just completely torched that not saying that they don't hit that food but they're not hitting it nearly as frequently um as i've seen in the past Hmm. 
I am still. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of activity on uh, the Nebraska plots, especially. Yeah. See, I'm at least in Kentucky, I'm not. And that could be also because this is the first year for food on that farm. Literally, it's been old pasture. Yeah. So some of those deer within the two mile square, they don't they don't even know it exists. Yeah. They haven't found it yet. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, just their thought when they, like, a big buck, especially in, like, December or January, he finds the 10-acre bean field. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, I I am good. Yeah. I am good. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, there are, there <laughs> is no buddy, ag. We are good. Yeah, there's corn piles, but there is no ag around there. And yeah. so, yeah, I think a lot of those deer just haven't found that food. Um, but, yeah, now's the time where I get, I get a little bit antsy because I know that there's scrapes that are just blowing up um, and I'm not on them or in some cases, in other yeah. cases I am on them. Like I sent you that picture of that four year old crushing that scrape this yeah. morning in Ohio. Yeah. I made that on it's that a good deer right on that saddle of saddles. I shoot that deer. Yeah. I shoot that deer. I pet that dog. Yeah. <laughs> you make that deal. I uh, pet that dog. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's a, you know, that scrapes hot and heavy right now. There's been like 10 different bucks on it. Can you access that spot very well? Yeah, pretty cleanly. Yeah. Yeah. On a, any west, northwest wind. Cool. Yep. Is In fact, he was killable this morning. That was after daylight. It was? The picture you sent me was it? 710. The one you sent me? 710 a.m. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't look at the time. It just looked dark. Yeah. 710 a.m. Yeah. Uh, seven o'clock was our first shooting light. Yep. The other day. Yep. So he was killable, and and that that's not far from where I found those giant rubs. So whether it's him, there's another wide eight point up there that's a four year old. That's that one that was on my ring camera that mm -hmm. gr grunted mm -hmm. and snort wheeze. What the hell? Oh, I didn't hear the snort wheeze. Yeah, you said you didn't like the, and I did, I couldn't quite tell why. I heard him grunting. Yeah, hold on. It's it was kind of really funny. Rup. Yeah, he it was the light. I think the light kicked on, and he was just he did not like it. So here, let's see. I told you out of that deer snort wheezing immediately, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't hear that on the first when I was listening. Very cool. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I had a, I told you I had the buck snort wheezing at me in the Thompson yard. Oh, man. Dude, that's I don't know if it was at me or at another deer. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, that dude snort wheezing had a ring camera because <laughs> it put a light on him. Yeah, they've been fired up a little bit. Like, not. Did I tell you I saw a bear last, yesterday? Uh, so I went, I was doing my, I did Kentucky. a, er, no, uh, here, I was doing an early morning trail run up on the mountain. Yeah. So it was like, pet you know, that dog. That. I, I started at, I don't know, started at like 530 or something. And uh, so it was just, I was doing 10 miles. So it was just getting light. And I get up on this ridge and uh, just acorns everywhere. And rolling, I, uh, rolling ankles. Yeah. And I, I, I like look cause it's just getting light. I've got my headlight on and I look, I was like, what the hell? And I like quickly realized like, dude, you know what that is? It's a bear. And they, it big, big Bruin just sitting there, just like shoveling acorns in his mouth on his ass. Yeah. Like just sitting on the ridge, just big enough that he saw me and he didn't care. He's just like, yeah, I'm huh. bigger than you. Yeah. And then I w eventually got up and walked out the ridge. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, it was big because it starts Saturday. Up, up where here. you hunt? Uh, I was up uh, past the summit, up on the mountain. On like a running trail, public mm -hmm. running. Yeah, public. It's uh, state forest. Yeah, like a rock trail. They mm -hmm. have a small pebble trail or something, or whatever. Oh uh, no, it. it's like single track dirt. Dirt. Mm -hmm. That's like cool. hiking trail. You've been running a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's why next week we will still have a podcast, but we're not recording on Thursday because Emily's running a hundred miler in Tennessee, yeah. and I'm pacing her for 
a marathon of that. Uh, what do you mean pacing her for? So I'll run with her for 26 miles. Oh, to like help wow. get her through. So you're going to run a marathon next week? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, next Thursday. That's Friday. cool. Yeah. So, and then I'll be... I've got a couple races next year, but that's that's the only thing I've got going on this. What if I could run a marathon right now? I think you could. I think I could. not fast, but no, I don't. I mean, just get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not frankly in shape to like run a good marathon, but like she'll be. <laughs> she she knows it too. She'll be super slow. Like I'm picking her up at mile seventy, like seventy four, seventy three, something like that, and then running her to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she'll be slow. <laughs> Which yeah. is why I can run it. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's cool. But yeah, no, it'll be fun. But that, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was kind of cool. Didn't see, saw a few buck rubs and stuff. It's cool to get up in those mountains. I mean, there's, you know, by the time I get to the farthest point from the parking lot, I think I was like five and a half miles in. I mean, I'm sure there's some big bucks buried down in there. I mean, it's deep <laughs> from there, you know, and they've done some timber work and they've, they've do some burning and stuff, but, um, yeah, the amount of acorns was just insane. Yeah. It's just crazy. So, yeah, it, it'll be, I think the deer out there, they're going to be healthy going into winter. Um, I think the hunting will be tough for them, you know, just because the amount of acorns that are out there. And eventually they'll come on to the normal food sources as those acorns start to rot out and stuff. But, um, yeah, October will be tough um, for sure. Yeah. But if you're close to them, I don't think they're leaving their bedroom very, very much if they know, they've got what they need. Hmm. Yeah. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Hoyt Archery. Oh, dude, it's almost fall. You and I are both going to be in a tree stand with brand new Hoyt bows. We're going to be shooting the RX-7 carbon bow this year. I know Hoyt's also got the Venoms out, both equally smooth shooting, quiet bows. Heck yeah, man. We got a convert on our hands this year. We got a lifelong crossbow guy with a vertical bow in his hands for maybe the first time ever, a good friend of mine. And uh, we've got them all decked out with uh, the inline accessories uh, from the QAD integrated ultra rest uh, to the quiver. And also he's got the SL sidebar mount with a couple of stabilizers from Hoyt as well. So that's going to be a sick shooting bow. Yeah. And Hoyt's been cool enough that anyone listening to this can save 20% on any of the soft good apparels online using the code Hunter, H-U-N-T-R, no E. Uh, and if you want to look at the latest lineup of Hoyt bows, check out your local Hoyt dealer. Get serious, get Hoyt. <laughs> it's been interesting dude because there's you know I, there's only two bucks like at my farm right now that like have my interest mm-hmm. and one of them i think is is barely on the farm mm-hmm. did i tell you i told you we went and walked the thompson out the other day so basically i guess i haven't told anybody this so here, here's the whole scenario the whole scenario if i can yeah uh so there's this there's this farm we call the Thompson, and like over the years, it's had big deer on it. Uh, had that really, giant nine yeah. There's point. been some giant deer on it. It's a small. It's like I don't know a 15 acre woodlot mm-hmm. and a and a big. Um, it's an old alfalfa field, I think. Yeah. Back in the day, like when I was a kid, <clears throat> they used to have corn and stuff planted on it, and so I've missed a buck down there, and and Dale had missed a buck down there also. Uh, coincidentally, I've told the story of missing bucks right before and after my dad and mm-hmm. uncle. Those are the two bucks. Yeah. So the Thompson has this weird like aura about it. It's like the black pearl of hunting properties for mm-hmm. us. And and uh, it's a good analogy. Yeah. So there's this um, there's this there's a really good deer. I think he's pushing 170. Mm-hmm. That I had pictures of last year as a three year old. I was pretty confident. And this year, so last year it had been like mid 50s or whatever, and he disappeared. Uh, I never had a hard horn picture of maybe I had one 
and same thing this year. And so I wasn't getting those pictures at the Thompson. I was getting it on a property like a, uh, a mile away, mm-hmm. maybe three quarters of a mile. And it's, it didn't surprise me when he kind of disappeared. Um, but so the night before the opener this year, dad and I were driving around and I saw him uh, on a, 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 an ag field at last light, ver- really close to that Thompson property. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, that's man. I told dad, I was like, look where you think he came from you know that's it that's the only place right here (laughs) and uh so i was you know i've had a a much healthier relationship i think with with hunting so far this Mm -hmm. year in that i was like in the past i i don't know what i would have thought to do but you know other than all i know is that now i was like i gotta get in there yeah i gotta go in there and see what i can find and so i i did uh it was literally i think the, the next day as soon as i could get uh, freed up. I sent Corey somewhere mm-hmm. else, I think, or, and I, and I went down in here and, um, almost right away where I cut down in there, I get on like this weed whack trail. And I'm like, the heck? And all of a sudden I see there's a, a big pop-up blind. It was one of those like mega, you know, I don't know the brand or anything, it's, but just it, a giant, it was, it's it was six, huge. It was yeah, a giant. Six Amishmen. It was a giant pop-up blind. And it's got six Amishmen on the box. It's pick by, big pop-up blind. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> What what am I thinking of? Yeah, it's like it shows like number of like on a kid's toy where it shows yeah, like ages yeah. stuff and it's like six Amishmen with hats, straw hats. Uh, Can stand full tall. And it was all so this weed rack trail goes right to it. It's all staked in, and there's a big feeder in front of it uh, on the on the south to the mm-hmm. south. So the blind mm-hmm. is uh, the feeder is south of the of the blind. Yep. And this whole the whole property is it's just a rectangle, and it's got a creek that runs through it. So I mean. It's, there's not any like major terrain features that are like there's no obvious spots in there. The thermals are a big problem because you know that and a prevailing wind sucks your wind all the way up. Th- there's just like no good way to hunt it. Mm-hmm. Um, other than there is, well, I'll get to that here in a minute. So I, f- I find this blind and I get this, this, uh, there's this feeder and I'm like, shoot, you know? yeah, and and I, I had i could recall because this is a property that my uncle owns and it's you know we we have permission we have permission yeah don't get me wrong we have permission but so do from time to time like others yeah and so i had heard i think dad told me like yeah there was some amish that gave him a good deal on whatever roofing or gutters and he's like yeah so he so he gave him the thompson Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay that must be what that is so while i respect them being in there and stuff i'm not gonna yield necessarily right so i was like okay so i i looked for a camera we also didn't think they were in the right spot I didn't know. Well, no, no, no. I I figured they were supposed to be there. No, no, no. I mean, in terms of like, where would you set up if you were hunting the Thompson? Well, I don't know. I mean, based on where I saw that buck, I mean, it's possible that they could kill him out of there. Yeah. What I didn't think was that they under, you know, would be able to set up for the right wind. So yeah. It was it was opening day when I walked in there. Right. Which was like an east wind. It was a northeast wind. Mm-hmm. And that that is the wind that I thought that buck would use to come out to where I saw him. Mm-hmm. It also is a wind that has, it's blowing from the blind right to the feeder. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, it's one of those situations where I think, I don't think they fully understood. However, they also didn't have a camera down there. So they may not know that buck was even in there. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I didn't see a camera or anything like that. And I didn't, I didn't say anything to like Ray, the, the guy, the farm mm-hmm. manager or, or my uncle. Cause I was like, I've, you know, that's probably who has permission. So sure. fine. Okay. That's where they're at. So I pushed down in there further. Like I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm going to 
keep working mm-hmm. up in because that, that blind was only I don't know 50 yards off the off the road right which is a third of the way through the property again it's a small property so I work out these trails a little bit and uh I don't find anything crazy but just you know there's there's a lot of trails and stuff in there and I found it just a nice cluster of white oaks that I thought I could hunt safely with the wind and I was you know I don't know what I was 100 yards away from mm-hmm. their blind and feeder I was like man it's possible they're they're coming up through here even if they are going to that feeder or whatever so I sat up there that night and uh, I saw whatever it was, a two or three year old uh, buck was like snort wheezing at, at me or another deer. I don't know. But so whatever. I pulled out of there and um, so so here was my strategy. I was like, I don't want to like screw those guys out necessarily. I was already in there that day. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, that it is what it is. I don't think they're going to kill them there necessarily. Right. So my strategy and here's a good example of baiting defensively or whatever you could call it mm-hmm. strategy here is I know those guys are already feeding. I know there's a chance that this buck in daylight or after dark is going to their feeder sure. and then out to the thing. So to combat that, what I did is on the direct opposite side. So literally, you know, in the case to, to their blind, you access off this, the road mm-hmm. and off my side, I come through that whole edge of the alfalfa field and it sets up really well for a southwest wind, which we get primarily. Mm-hmm. And I can, I, we've had a, Corey's killed a buck there over a bait pile years and years ago. Yep. So I was like, if it's literally the opposite spectrum of this other thing. And I think I have a better setup there to kill him if he's, if sure. he's using it. So, and there's also, it's one of those situations where there's no other reason for him to be there. Um, you know, other than, uh as a bedroom or mm-hmm. like there's nothing to bring them to that corner other than no. a corn pile necessarily so that's what i did i went in and i dumped whatever two, 200 pounds of corn or something just to see i was like man if he's in here chances are like, get i, I should get a picture of him so i th- threw a camera up and i let it soak for um whatever a week or so and dale and i went and pulled it yesterday mm-hmm. and so my strategy there was you know hey if he's on here like this is a viable option to to hunt him here if not I still think I saw him down in the Thompson here. I, I need to go. I'm just going to go. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, you know, yeah. what am I going to hurt? Like, I'm not getting pictures of him anyway, so I might as well. So my first my first move there was to pull pull that camera. Mm-hmm. And I got a really nice three-year-old on it. I'll show yeah. you. You showed me. That real tall 10 point? 7 yeah. Yeah. Really Super nice, tall. Really nice three-year-old. Which, man, them deer down there just have the genetics for whatever reason. And, but no, no booner. Hmm. No, not the deer I was looking for. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not concerned about I mean bumping if they had been hunting that they could, could have put enough pressure on him and he's like yeah I'm not because it's small enough woodlot it's possible yeah it's possible it's possible I don't know I don't know if they've hunted it yet or not mm-hmm. um so so we pushed it I, I walked it I, mm-hmm. Dale and I just dove down in there um I found a really nice deadhead it was a big seven point but I mean a for sure mature buck it was like probably a 140s Really nice brow couple tines. years old, you said? No. I almost thought it was like, is it EHD? Or probably more likely that it was killed late last year. Mm. Any pictures of that year? Not that I know of. I It's possible, though. Mm-hmm. I have to look back. I, the Thompson's one of those places, because it's like we don't have exclusive yeah. access and stuff. It's just kind of like a, I jump in there once or twice a year to see what I see. And right. So we walked it, and um, I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where it's kind of like indiscriminate. Sting, nothing just like jumped nothing out. jumped out i mean i'm like there definitely are a few i'm like he probably did bed in here you know and i just there's nothing real consistent no giant rubs no i mean we did find a scrape and i on the way out we did find you know a rub line where i'm like okay but and i knew there was bucks in there like that three-year-old yeah, three could be making it so i did 
I moved that camera down off the bait pile to uh, just a scrape line, mm-hmm. a rub line rather, and we'll see. Um, here's what I didn't tell you. Uh, like b- between whatever, at some point during the week, I get a we get a text. My dad and I did from Sam, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen very often, so it's kind of interesting. And he goes, "Hey, are you guys hunting at the Thompson?" And I was like. Uh, I didn't see my phone was in my pocket or whatever. And my dad responds and says, no, we have stands down there, but we're not hunting it tonight. He goes, oh, okay. There's some Amish down there that are not supposed to be there. And I'm like, okay. And so dad responds and he's like, uh, do you want us to kick them off? And he goes, no, Ray's taking care of it. He's handling it. I said, okay. So I'm like, interesting. Cause hmm. in my mind, like there's, there is, there is at least one, you know, Amish, I, I don't know. I don't really hate to just keep calling him Amish, but I don't know his name. Yeah, there's, Amish, a, there's an Amish guy that's supposed to have access down there that I think, I think. Mm-hmm. So I run into Ray two days ago mm-hmm. um, after that yep. text and after I had already walked it out. I ran into him at an intersection uh, yesterday or two days ago. And I was like, I said, hey, you know, I'm just trying to maintain the sure. relationship. You know, oh, so, yeah. so I, was, I was like, dude, what, what happened down there at the time? I said, I heard you had some runnings down there. He goes, oh, yeah, he's, you know, a freaking guy just, you know, didn't know where he's at, didn't know where he's supposed to be, you know, and and uh, I still don't know, like, if there's supposed to be somebody that has access <laughs> down there, but apparently he was not. He was not. And so Ray kicked him off, and it was the guy in the blind. Yeah. It was the guy in the blind, so I, you know, that stuff's gone now, apparently, and... Interesting. So, I, that's kind of a long-winded way to say, like, the, the Thompson thing is kind of up in the air. It's possible that that buck is in there. I, I don't know if we'll get a look at him or not. Mm-hmm. I did mention that buck to Ray. I was just, I just said, hey, there was a good buck, and that's, I, I told him. I was like, I saw that blind in there the other day. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I've I've seen that buck. He's coming out of so-and-so's, uh, mm. you know, a different property. So he's right off the edge. Yeah, and that's one of those situations. A lot of the deer at our farm is, like, there's you know, three to five woodlots that they could be in, right? And sounds like he's maybe in, a, in another one more than he's in ours. Then he's right off the edge. Yeah, and that I think that is, um, you talk about these deer moving. It, it really is the difference between, difference between farm country and hill country in these heavily hunted states because I can look at the distance these deer move in my areas, which are mostly hill country, wooded, timber, um, and they can do it and they don't get killed. If they do it in your farmland country, they're very vulnerable because what they're crossing and what they're moving through is not cover. Usually it's edges it's in between. And yeah, a lot of it is happening at night, but when it happens during the day, there's enough people hunting and there's only so many woodlots that odds are they're coming across somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so I think that's where, because historically, um, I don't think your observation is wrong. Whereas meaning like a lot of these three and four year old deer that you're seeing and will hope to make it through are getting killed and you get confirmation on that. The neighbors show you pictures or somebody shows you mm-hmm. a picture or you hear about it, whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas in some of these big woodlots, it's purely speculation. It's like, well, I haven't seen him in two years. He's probably dead. Oh shit. He showed back up. Yeah. He wasn't dead. He just moved. Um, and that's where, like, it's cool to think about how these deer move and cover ground, but it's also, depending on what you're hunting landscape-wise, makes them super vulnerable uh, in a lot of cases to yeah. getting harvested yeah. or hit by a car or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I guess the moral of the story is, like, you know, and it's, it's not over. I haven't killed any of these deer yet, but it, at least those two that I'm talking about, it's like, you don't know unless you get in there, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I saw, I, I've, 
like I in years past, dude, I never would have gone just and walked the Thompson out. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have. I have in the past, and I would again. I would go and drive the field edge and just look and just see scrapes yep. and stuff. But I'm like, dude, there's no time to waste. You know yeah, I mean? I, I'm just gonna go in there once. Part of me is hoping that I I bump them up. Bump them. You know, I think conversations with like, you know, the. Do you decoy- see, well, as I say, did you see Cody killed a giant that way? No, I didn't. Yeah, he posted it. I think this morning. So la- yesterday, he bumped a a big buck when he was going in on a ridge, f- figured out where he needed to be, hung a lone wolf ten feet up in a scrub oak, and yesterday morning caught him coming back at nine a.m. To, to wow. his bed, just browsing through 12 yards. The old bump and dump. That's bump. awesome. Yeah, killed a, it was really big A point. Off to Texas. Yeah, that yeah, was cool. <clears throat> um, did I see that? No, I don't think I saw that. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, that's that's the reality. You, you got to get in there mm-hmm. and, and figure them out, you know, and like... <laughs> It's it's so hard to describe that, and those guys do a nice job of it. It's describing like the confidence, or uh, just like, and it's strategic. It's not like you just go fumbling through sure. the woods. It's like you go in there with an intention, mm-hmm. you know, and not with the intention to bump them necessarily, but to, but to learn something. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if you do result in bumping them, or, or you know, whatever you end up learning there, you have to apply it in real time to like understand what that means, understand why the deer's doing what he, you know, what you saw him do, mm-hmm. and then capitalize on it. Well, I think that's the weird thing is because you, you know, a lot of us, if, if we think about the the people and the content we watch, right? So the juries and Lakoskis, like those guys are very adamant of like, don't go on that property. Like just set it up, monitor it, make a move. But I mean, dude, those are those are some of the most managed to the T understanding the property that, that you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most cases, you know, especially if it's a newer property, like I spent a bunch of time walking my Ohio places now because I've expanded down there. And I mean, dude, I told you right away, I'm like, it feels enormous. It's 230 acres of timber, basically. Feel like I walked, I almost walked nine miles and I know I didn't cover 60% of it. Yeah. It, it just, it feels so big. And so, in order to like hunt it, like you can't just try to set it up and walk away. Like you, you know, those deer could be a hundred yards off this way from your, where your camera's on a trail or a scrape and you're just never going to see them unless you're, you push in there and figure out that they've changed their movements or there's another scrape over here. Um, and I've fallen victim to it, especially in Ohio, that bottom I've had cameras and I, I get spotty service, but I've had cameras on a scrape where it's like deer were hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And then it goes dead. And it's like, okay, scrape sealed up. Like, what's going on? I get there, 10 yards to the right is a brand new scrape the size of a Volkswagen. And because my camera's on this old one and not on this new one, I'm not, I, the deer aren't there. I'm telling you right now, dude, those cameras don't get everything. That's those, what those, it comes down to. The, the, you know, the Stealth and Muddies, I, I, you know, we preach it, but I really do believe, like, as far as consistency and stuff, like, it's, they're as good as they get, I, you know, and, and they're a, a major tool for us. Yep. However, they miss stuff. Uh, absolutely. I I know for a fact that yes. deer, the deer, the night Brian shot that deer, mm-hmm. it walked past that camera. Didn't get it. Never got a picture of it. Yeah. The first night of deer season, I've got, I'm running some Spartans as well. I get, just because mm-hmm. I have them. You know, yep. I threw a couple out as well. Uh, that thing I call, that I call him Thing Left. Yeah. It's a four-year-old. I think it's a four-year-old. Uh, like mid four. We saw. Yeah. that buck we saw. Yeah. Freaking thing come out at 15 yards from dad and we're on Scary Oak and worked yep. the scrape for two minutes. And dad passed him. 
Yeah. Just, you know, didn't want to shoot him because he, you know, yeah. he's Lee Likoski now that he yeah, shot a giant buck killer. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I only kill bucks over once. Yeah, now. yeah. I'm like, you're going to be hunting for, I was like, you're going to be hunting for, like, you know, okay, whatever. We'll figure that out. But uh, that thing walked right in front of the camera and uh, the Spartan mm-hmm. and hit a scrape. I never got a picture of that thing. I'm sure it's on the card. It might be. Because um, I've had the same You know what? Thing. I'm sure it is too because dad said it flashed. He's like, it flashed and the thing looked at the camera. And it just never sent it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and I'm sure everybody has issues, but there's there's a processing time there. We've talked about it last year, um, and and I didn't do it I, for as long as I'd run cell cameras. I never did it until last year. Things just didn't make sense, and I think it was I was having issues with I, I had a couple Tacticams out and some other ones. My muddies and stealth had a few, but it wasn't nearly as bad as some of these other ones, and it's because I was sending in groups and stuff. But mm-hmm. I pulled those cards and. It was like I had thousands of pictures I'd never seen. I'm yeah. like, what the hell is this? And yeah. it's because the camera couldn't process. And it's not like I had it on a five-second delay or whatever. Like I had it on like a minute delay over like a bait pow or something. One picture. And it still couldn't process because the signal was weak or whatever. And those are the things you just don't know. But if you pull those cards, and I started to last year, and it's a whole different world. In fact, the one buck I was hunting on the mountain two years ago I never, I didn't even know that deer was there. I pulled the card at the end of the summer and I'm just going through and all of a sudden there's this booner on the mountain. What the hell did this deer come from? I went back in, was never in the app, didn't show up. So I know we jumped up to using those U3 cards. I, I never have. So I did. I still have the same. They're stupid expensive. They're like 30 bucks for the <laughs> card that cost me five bucks. It still doesn't work. Really? It, it's not, I don't think it's the card. It's the camera's hardware it just can't process it or that in tandem with maybe not having five bars of signal right which most places you don't um it just it just can't push it up fast enough so it's going to write it to the card but you're not going to get the picture yeah i mean if if i'll give grace to spartan on that north uh that that camera that dad was at it it does it does have poor signal but yeah Still, it's a big thing. And I mean, that's why we've talked about it this year is like, man, it's great to have like an understanding of what these deer are doing. For me now, it's like, I'll, I'll, I just want a picture. I just want to say, yeah. okay, that's a buck yeah. I'll shoot. Yeah. He's in an area, then just hunt him. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still not hunting areas where I don't have a picture of a buck I kill and yeah. maybe I'm missing one, but odds are you're going to get a picture of a deer. It's just, you may not get every picture of yeah. every deer. Well, and that's, you know, there's an argument there for... Regular cameras. Well, for yeah, for regular cameras and, and just for situations that, like, keep deer in front of cameras longer. You know, whether it's scrapes, scrapes. or, you know, frankly, you know, baiting is a great inventory tool because sure. it, it keeps them in front of the camera for a long time. Enough to get a picture. And say, you know, yeah. and pretty frequently. So there's a strong, stronger chance you're going to get a picture of them. Mm-hmm. You know, just, yeah, but you just kind of have to operate now accounting for the fact that, like, hey, your cameras are, like, maybe sending you whatever. I don't know what it is, 80%, 85% of pictures, depending I mean, depending on make and model. Who, who knows? Depending on service. It's wild who knows? to think about it, man. Who knows? You know, I want to think. And there probably are situations where it sends 100% of them. Yeah, but. I mean, I've had I've had plenty of cameras in decent, especially like our stealth, because I usually set mine up on instant group. So it'll <laughs> Me too. take, 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 take. When the camera's not triggered anymore, it'll throw them up. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I don't think. Like Spartan and Tacticam and those guys have that option. Okay. I think they have like a batch option. So like I think I've had those on like twice a day or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I still like this morning I should have one that should check in a ton of pictures. It's never a corn pile. Mm-hmm. I got no pictures this morning. Mm-hmm. And it says it checked in. It, it's just not working. 
Yeah. And it's probably signal because that's Ohio and I don't have great signal. So I'm not saying it's just the camera, but those are the things that start to add up. And, you know, again, in years past, I've been super guilty of just waiting to like get a better pattern with those cameras to then make. And I've killed a lot of deer that way, but I also probably miss an opportunity at even more deer because I wasn't in the woods. Yeah. It's a balancing act, I think, of like uh, sitting back and watching and using tools like cameras and stuff versus like, you know, diving in, you know, and, and, and firsthand learning and stuff. So, I mean, that, there's there's a deer that I feel like I've got a better chance of killing than that 170. He's a big, uh, you know, it's big eight point. I think he's like a mid, mid 50s eight point, I would hope, mm-hmm. or I would think anyways. And uh, in the past, I've had him pretty well, like I know where he's at, you know, and, and I still kind of feel that way, but like truthfully he's he's kind of like been eluding me here lately like i've just not been getting pictures of him where i thought that i would Mm -hmm. and i've i've hunted that woods twice yep uh twice now uh and the first time was in a pre-hung set yep uh that i hung for an east wind but it it can work on a west wind so i hunted it on a a west wind uh as long as i don't have north and south that's that's what i'm looking for there and i saw you know saw some deer but like you know, I don't know, n- n- nothing crazy. And then I went in again the other night. I don't know if I told you about this. I'll, in fact, here I'm going to show you. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Muddy and Stealth Cam Trail Cameras. Cell cams, cell cams, cell cams. What an evolution the industry has seen. And we've experienced personally over the past five, ten, you know, whatever cameras were invented, right? It's like, man, it's totally changed the way that we inventory deer, pattern deer, and ultimately the decisions that we make when we're going out to hunt. They're a serious piece of the puzzle. And, and uh, you know, that information is invaluable for us. We trust the Muddy and Stealth Cams, you know, together to be able to, to collect any of that information. Yeah, I mean, as an admitted trail cam addict, you know, I've definitely been guilty of of under hunting places or relying too heavily on that information that's come in that said it's an invaluable tool to the overall management plan and strategy that i have for my own properties or even hunting public land it doesn't matter we have a finite amount of time in going out and hunting so when you and i are after a particular class or quality of deer usually a mature buck we can't waste time hunting an area where that deer doesn't exist. And those cell cams provide that information that allow us to spend the time in the area with the highest chance to accomplish our goals. I say it all the time, man. You can't kill them if they're not there. That's it. So right now, any of our listeners can use uh, code HUNTER20 to get 20% off either muddy or stealth cameras. Uh, we're certainly going to be taking advantage of that, and we hope you guys do too. Yep, check out Stealth Cam and Muddy. Um, dude, truthfully, I've been using this... Um, we go back and forth with like mapping software, but like mm-hmm. Dudonix has been just yep easy. Like, and I don't, I don't. Do you see they have the win thing now? No, I don't use any of the features except tracking. Mm-hmm. Except tracking, tra- tracking, and I'll drop pins. I don't ever name them. I don't color code them. No, nothing. well, yeah, I don't name them. I rarely color color code. They do have like a set wind direction on your marker though. Yeah. So like, if I have a stand, instead of going to like, I can just pull it up and it's like west six miles. I'm like, oh okay. Uh, Shows it right on the ma- like on the map. Oh. Oh, cool. So that that's been I don't know if that's recent again cuz I don't use the features e- either. Um well frankly, I think the the most valuable feature that Onyx offers and and maybe some of those other ones do is the tracking and the fact that I can share a track. So that the dads can look at the map and say, oh, "Okay, I'm on track to get in there correctly." And it'll update it every time I go in. Cuz it's it's pulling my weather from the zip. Oh, cool. So it's it's just a good reference. Obviously, in some of these bottoms and stuff, that's bullshit. It's not southwest. It's yeah, probably right, right, northeast. Right. But so check this out. You with me here? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, you guys can't see this. 
So here's here's the right? Here's the lake. Uh-huh. Here's where yep. I, where I think he's bedding. Here's the stand I hunted the first night. Mm-hmm. Down here. Mm-hmm. The second night, I was like, man, I gotta just, you know, I gotta dive down in here. Mm-hmm. There's a cornfield. Yep. So I walked through this. Through, through the cornfield. Through the cornfield, down a there's a it's a drainage mm-hmm. here. And I was just like, man, I'm just I'm diving in. West wind. And this is uh I think this is me here. Mm-hmm. Right there. I start, yeah, right here. I started tracking it on this top one. Mm-hmm. Down across the creek. And so I was really expecting, because this is gnarly. This mm-hmm. is like tornado-like mm-hmm. woods. And I was like, man, just nothing yet. Nothing yet. We've got all This is gnarly, gnarly stuff. And I'm just like not coming across anything. Like no no rubs, no tracks, no, like no nothing that you'd expect to find in a bedding area. That's like gnarly, you know, secluded by this, you know, yeah. like, and we're out here. I ended up setting, I made it all the way up here before I found that. I did find a scrape mm-hmm. and the tree, that was the Magnum PI tree. Oh yeah. So I set up, I, I, hung, You're like five I, yards, I hung like five, five foot feet. off the ground and, uh, sure enough, you know, so I didn't see him on either of those sets or really any sign of him. Mm-hmm. But then the next night I get a picture of him right there at like seven thirty, coming, mm-hmm. coming out, coming out of there. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely that day was was, up, up, was up in here somewhere. Whether, you know, on the way out, I, I found so from here I just walked straight out this way. Yeah. And uh there was some big beds in here. Yeah, I remember you saying some that. Some big beds in here. And I definitely would have blown them out if I Yeah, from that wind. From that wind bumped on me, slipped behind you. Maybe. Oh dude, like if he's bedding there, like I would have expected to see something in here. Yeah. Something too dominant of a buck not to have that much sign. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's been interesting. I mean, I'm seeing sign laid down, but I mean, it, obviously people are listening. This is a bonus podcast, right, Nick? We're laying this bonus. So you're listening to this today, next week. So it's the 19th. Um, the amount of sign that's been laid from the time we record this on the 12th to when it drops on the 19th is disgusting. Like well, we, the, got a, we got a major uh, rain well, coming Saturday and stuff. The and next so, two yeah. weeks. Yeah, I've, I've told people, people have been asking... We've got a front. It's not everywhere, but a lot of places in um, Saturday, Sunday, uh, I think has been this front coming through. Uh, Monday looks, eh. Tuesday, Wednesday look really good next week mm-hmm. um, for I, a lot of places. It's, it's funny. I think people jump. It's hard to know, you know, but I, I do think people jump the gun on this front. At least I am I have done that in the past is I'm like, okay, as soon as it stops raining. Although I like getting on scrapes at that time if it's mid-October. Yeah. Well, and that's a hard one to read. I mean, what do you think about that? So there's like the, the way I play these is like, you know, I, rain is a low pressure system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, low pressure brings uh, precipitation and typically higher uh, temperatures mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. So, like when the rain comes through on Saturday, mm-hmm. typically it's got a trailing low pressure. You know, low pressure system. So it's like it's still moving through, even though the precip- precipitation has ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you barometric know, pressure still low. Then you have a, a mixture of, you know, at some point the, the, the pressure turn. the pressure stagnates. Mm-hmm. As does the temperature, mm-hmm. uh, as does the pressure, and then at some point the pressure starts to rise again, mm-hmm. and the temperature starts to fall, mm-hmm. and typically that's where you have your bluebird. The skies start to clear. Yeah. And it's usually a day or two. Yeah, and so I, it's funny because like I thought we were hitting it just right on that wide one. Yeah, Cor- Corey and I did. It's like the rain front passed. It it ended like that morning, and then that night we waited. I was like, that's the tail end of the front, and then the next day it was clear bluebird skies. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, this that was it. And we saw a lot of deer, mm-hmm. but not, not him. him. And then it was the next day mm-hmm. that those, I had like three shooter bucks on that scrape yep. in a matter of 12 hours. Yep. 
So it's kind of like, how long do you wait? Like, and and if you, it's a spot you can get in and hunt several times consistently, then yeah, just be in there. Yeah, but, I think it's a it's it's interesting now because I I do. In mid-October, I do like immediately after rain because I feel like they have an urge to refresh scrapes, mm-hmm. um, which is different than the early season, like early October. And I don't think, and yeah, stuff. I don't think we're there yet. Do you? By the time this drops, we are. Yeah, yeah. The nineteenth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I would agree. Yep. So next week we're borderline. It's like they two, really do too, man. They, I, they literally they I have to. I think they're laying in their beds thinking about those scrapes they put out, and they're like, they "That's where to. I'm going. I got to go back." Yep. I told Corey, I was like, dude, he's coming, but he's going to come and refresh. Because he'd hit it the week before. It was like, it was a week to the day yep. that we sat it. I think it'll be like the 16th, 17th, 18th. Um, so literally yesterday, if you're listening to this, on the 19th. Um, that'll be really, they'll feel that urge to go in there. Because there's a few drizzle fronts kind of in there too. So um, that pressure is going to kind of ebb it's, and flow. It's that strong, dude. You got to think about It's like the, the urge to do that. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's lots of field edge scrapes and stuff that are probably nothing. They might get hit one time, yep. but if you know where those, whatever they are, it's a primary, a primary community scrape, the ones that they, that they have to hit mm-hmm. there, those bucks are literally laying like a trot line, you yep. know, like a, like a, like a trap line. That's that, that is going to be their loot. They're going to go and and set their scent at those spots. And it's funny how deer pick up on that. I, there's. Yeah. I sent you pictures of that big, heavy, tight-racked buck oh, yeah. that came yep. out of the original clover. I have a camera on that scrape just because historically they've hit it. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anything touch it until that buck did, mm-hmm. whatever that was, two, three, four days ago. Yep. It's like literally like he turned it on. Like he Since then. Since then, I've had two other bucks on yep. it, and does are starting to check. Yep. It's like all of a sudden, they're like, okay, now— th- he's here like he's yep. now this is we're all part of this loop now. Well, that's the next th- we're in know, his world the the plus or minus week around this podcast dropping is is the kind of the hierarchical situation here right like i still have plenty of bucks i've got multiple four-year-olds hanging out with a two-year-old i've got a five-year-old hanging out with a three-year-old like they're they don't like each other necessarily and you see some but they're not they're not isolating themselves yet they're still social they're still there's still that interaction <laughs> happening but over the course of the plus or minus week of this thing dropping, you really start to see, especially those three, four, five-year-old plus bucks, start to shake themselves out and start to be more loners. And so maybe that three-year-old hits a scrape, an hour later a five-year-old hits a scrape, an hour later a two-year-old hits Like, you're going to start to see them versus, like, right now I've got scrape, five minutes later, scrape, five minutes later, and because those deer are all together. Yep. They're, right, they're right by each yep. other. So when you see that start to shake out, two things. Number one is their bedding is starting to break out a little bit further from each other. But it, it kind of shakes out. That's where I think some of these four, five, and six-year-old bucks get really vulnerable is that they know that those three-year-olds or those two-year-olds are going to be up hitting those scrapes. And when those rain fronts come in, they want their scent, their domination to be what is experienced in that scrape. And so if they leave off of it and these three-year-olds come in and stuff, maybe a doe comes in and check it, that's their worst fear is that a doe comes in and is like, oh, okay, I'll go find this buck or I'll hang around here for him. He wants to be what's smelled. He wants to be what's visible Hmm. in that area. It's his marking, his territory. I think that's why uh, we've talked about it before. What what do you, like, let's let's talk about that. What, uh, not questioning it. I think think you're probably right. From a pheromone. Where's your knowledge rooted in that, though? That's just been your experience or? Well, so it's just, it's the behavior side of things, right? Do they care? You think they're, I guess that would make sense. You think they're pissed off when they smell 100%. another, another, but that's why you would spray tarsal whatever. or whatever. Yeah. hundred percent. And what do they do with that though? They're just aware. They're like, Hey, somebody's in my, well, all they're doing right now is setting the table for breeding. Mm-hmm. That's all they're doing. 
So the first part of that setting the table is set for, for breeding or for ter for territory or for both. Both. Yeah. It's one and the same. So right now it's setting the hierarchy, meaning I want to be the dominant buck in this area. Real quick, did I tell you that buck had a broken off brow time? I saw that in the I, picture. I would bet almost anything that he did that on a tree and not on another buck. I mean, that's a thick rack to break off with yeah. crashing with someone. I think he. I think just rubbing it. I think he's just, just tearing into a tree. It. I think he snapped it off. Got all neck, no shoulders. That thing, uh, we took a measurement on his neck yeah. right after Brian killed him. It's not like he'd been yeah. hanging there for a while. 25 inches. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, that's a giant. It's a giant. Yeah. 235 pounds field dressed. I can't believe that deer's four. That's nuts. Yeah. 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 And, he, and he is for sure. Like, I've got, mm -hmm. I've got his two-year-old Chad, and i got pictures of him as a three-year-old. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. And older than that. I can almost no. guarantee it. But, I mean, there, there's a case in point. Is that that buck wanted to assert his dominance in the area. Right now, there will be other bucks, and maybe either there have uh, been. other mature bucks hitting The night straight. that Brian killed that deer, I want to say it was the, the day before, mm -hmm. there was two other bucks that I think are three or four yep. that hit that. Yep. And so it's the shakeout. Who's going to be the dominant buck in the area? Once that is kind of laid out across the table, then it becomes he has to, this is where he gets killed on a scrape, right? Is he has to maintain his dominance, his presence, his pheromone on the scrapes in that territory. So he makes loops. Like if you've ever had cameras on like multiple scrapes within, um, you know, uh, a single woodlot or something. Oh, they, buck, make, they make loops. They're making their rounds. Yeah. He's on all of them. They're gangsters, he, dude. They're just like making their rounds. He has to do it. And it's why he becomes vulnerable. And I think that's why I always look, man, if you can get a front on like the 21st to the 26th of October, you can kill that giant buck on a scrape. He just, he has to cover I would ground. almost say, dude, it seems like it's all the way through October. I mean, granted yeah. this year, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, paralleled closely with them cold fronts, but mm -hmm. I mean, I, we've had pretty consistent scrape activity yeah. here. I've get, I've got a ton of night scrape. Although that buck this morning, like I said, just after daybreak hit it and he probably was on his feet another 10 or 15 minutes before he went back to bed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're vulnerable on it and it's especially where there are other mature bucks in the area. What? Just like um, we talk about it with the rut, like if you've got a pile of does and you've got a low number of bucks in an area, that buck doesn't have to work to find a doe. He doesn't, you don't see him. He doesn't respond to calls. He doesn't do anything because he just rolls over and there's a doe there. Well, well, so I'll throw this in a mix. That spot where that scrape is at, there's a pile of does. Mm -hmm. Way too many. Yep. We need to shoot a bunch. Yep. And so he just, he does, once he marks those territories and he asserts his dominance, he doesn't have to work hard to do it. Now, on the flip side is if you've got an area that's got multiple mature bucks in it, I think those deer are, all of them are more vulnerable because they all have to work harder, not only to find a doe, but to maintain their presence on scrapes and stuff yeah, in that territory. Yeah, I can see that. And so, you know, when you get into some of these bigger areas, especially these woodlot areas, and again, I'm not talking about the transient deer that like, here's a five-year-old, he moves in, you never see him again. Like you got one series of pictures. That deer's just kind of cruising and making a loop. But it's these home bodies in this area or overlapping home ranges is the big thing. Everybody kind of looks at a home range and says, okay, here's this buck's home range. What they don't realize is there's, here's this buck's and this one just barely crosses. This one's almost over the whole thing. There's, it's an overlapping section of these home ranges that work these scrapes. And at any given time throughout the year, up until breeding is finished, there is this constant like shuffle of dominance that one of these bucks has to do. It's why if you kill a giant buck in an area, especially as you get into late October, it's not long before a sponge effect happens and there's another mature buck in that spot. 
funny enough, I don't I don't necessarily think that they're correlated. I think it's just coincidence. But like the day after we killed that wide one is that other four year old moved, moved in. Moved, I mean, close or just became more visible and, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are the things that start to happen um, in October, which make, I, you know, not that I don't love November. Everybody loves November, but I love the last two weeks of October. Yeah. It's one of the most um, it, it's because you can get deer to do deer things. You can get a mature buck to do what you think he should do. Uh, if you think he's bedded on this leeward ridge and there's a giant scrape here and that front comes through, he's going to crush that scrape. Yeah, well, it's it's bed to food, you know, and, and scrape loops in between. Yep. And I, and I do think some of those patterns have been revealed to me more this year maybe than ever. And maybe it's because of I've got more destination type food sources. But mm-hmm. like, you know, that buck undoubtedly, you know, was using that 10 acre bean field that we planted as a destination food source. Yes. Same is true with this other four-year-old that I think showed yep. up at the log pile on the other side of it. It's, it's, it's cool to be able to get a, get a clear and, and to be able to find those. The, the trick with bed food patterns, <clears throat> like in October and stuff is, is to be able to identify what they are. What is, mm-hmm. what is the start point? What's the end point, you know, and what are the, what, what are the ambush points in between, you know, in the evening closer to bed. Yep. Uh, well, maybe in both cases this time of year, you know, you, you want to be closer to the bedroom than not because they're going to come out of it later and they're going to get back to it earlier. Yep. Yeah. No. And I think that, that kind of setup there, when you, when you think about identifying these spots, um, and here's the other, mark, mark my words, dude, as long as I have that bean field there and we can access that stand from that spot. I mean, I think every year in October, as long as there's a mature buck using it, we should be able to kill one. Yeah. There. And here, here's the other kind of crazy thing that we even think we're talking about it is within the next handful of days, if not already, the first doe will go into estrus mm-hmm. when you're listening to this. Yeah. Right around October Oh, Winky 20th. said they're rutting. You, you listen to that? No, I haven't listened. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing whatever sub-series yeah. of... Uh, and the update it's, weather it's, thing? It's like they're... they're yeah, it's like a five-minute yeah uh, whatever gear report and stuff. And so he, he's, he was talking basically about a... Uh, like a, a flurry of rut activity, like a, a handful of does that will come into an estrus like in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's little the bo- pseudo rut. That's know? the bottom of the you know the bell curve basically coming in, and it will be a handful. Um, I think usually the earliest I've seen here in Pennsylvania, at least from like experience wise, is around the twenty second or twenty third of October. Um, you remember last year, uh, two years ago, one of the Coltons and I were hunting. Uh, uh, the postage stamp. Yep. And we saw a young buck yeah, come chasing a doe. Dogging. F- a full out on Dogging. like opening day. Yeah. It was the first or second day of the season. Yeah. I, I don't know if she was an asterisk, but I mean, yeah. he was sure dogging. was acting like she yeah. was. Yeah. I've seen a few. I mean, I'll talk about Harlan's buck here in a second, but I, I do think that when, when you look at that kind of segment, now here's the only thing that I, I will say about that is, I don't think those first couple deer and estrus are valuable from a hunting standpoint. And the reason being, and this this is the social side of it that we don't understand is uh, that connection's already been made. That dominant buck has already pinged who that first doe and estrus is. He's already on her. Uh, Now she could pull him through to to potentially get shot, but there it's not going to be chasing. It's not going to. It's just a link up. 
It's it's just the, gonna the chances of ca- of yeah to be in there in the right time. It's just right gonna happen. Just impossible. Um, which is why everybody gets excited about later October, early November, because that's when you start to say that chase phase. There's multiple does going in, but this this first one is it's literally a link up. It's as much I think Rising said it as he knows she's going in Astra. She's just gonna wait, and when she's ready, he's just gonna walk over and have her. Yeah, that's just how it's it's gonna be. I, I do love. It's like it's almost like um, it's the how clo- they treat you, Nick. Huh? The closer they get to, uh, <laughs> he's just here. He's just here, ladies. The closer you get to November, it's just like a, it's like a uh, amplification of like what you're seeing now, because mm-hmm. it's like you know the the resources aren't changing in terms of f- food and bed. I mean, those are still in the same spots. Yep. And the does are going to still continue to use them at, mm-hmm. at least in the early, late part of October, early part of November until they get harassed to the point of you know of doing something yeah. different. But so the closer we get to October, that movement is just going to be amplified, and bucks are going to continue to you know, hit those scrape loops earlier and earlier uh, or more frequently and mm-hmm. to assert more dominance, you know, and, and, um, so, I mean, if you can figure out out now, I mean, you should, you've got two weeks here now, two weeks fr- from what I'm saying, that's not from when you're yeah. listening to it, but yeah, it's two, two good weeks. Um, so going back real quick. So Harlan, uh, killed his buck on opening day. So it's September 30th and, um, it's warm. Opening day was warm, uh, but I mean, man, we had we had activity right out of the gate. A, a three point came in the field, which he passed. You know, he's killed several bucks. He's killed two bucks in the past. Um, How old is and, he? And uh, seven. He'll be eight. Yeah. Yep. So he killed a killed a six point with a gun last year out of the same box blind, muddy box blind, and then the year before killed a four point with a crossbow out of the same muddy box blind. Let me say this real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interfere with your story, sure. but since, since you mentioned it, you know, I've never killed a buck with a gun. I think you told us that. Well, yeah, I thought we highlighted it. You d- never have? No, because I had to. F- I flushed it out with Dad and Dale the other day. I've never killed a buck wow. with a gun. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, not that I'm bragging about that. It's just yeah. interesting that, like, I've, over all this time, you know, I just yeah. Well, you kind of did. You stop gun hunting? When did you stop gun hunting? Because you don't really you don't gun hunt. It's been no. several years. Yeah, and the, the years before that, I would go out opening day more of a, a patrol than anything. But sure. I've shot deer with guns, does. Yeah, I have killed. A- lot of bucks with possible there with was a button guns. buck in there i mean i can't i can't my record's not 100 percent pure maybe but yeah isn't I that mean, crazy i've carried i've definitely still carry um it's not often i mean i don't i was joking with emily like if i had a pie of my hunting time right two-thirds of it is gone to the kids <laughs> like yeah. i'm in that phase of life i have to say in response to that like and no offense but i man am i grateful i don't have kids this time of year <laughs> i mean that's what it comes down to right because i was joking I literally with, i literally will be just whatever i'll be in the truck i'll be like Man, I'm glad I don't have kids. <laughs> I was joking with Emily about it because it's like I'm in that phase, and I like it, right? But I'm in that I phase said no offense, where, right? so it's, no, where no. basically two two thirds of my time is questionable. Um, I have a third of the hunting time. Well, you know what though? More and more of my pie is going to Corey. Like, yeah, you know, and it's by choice. Like, I I want to hunt with him sure. if he's there, and it's, I enjoy the mentorship yeah. of, of that. So, I mean, the first whatever, and and next week I'll be hunting maybe more with him than. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyways, sorry. Tell me your story about that. Uh, so, yeah. Opening day, three-point comes in the field. We're sitting in the same box blind on this food plot. Hammered. Box blind's hammered. But, or food plot's hammered. But there's there's acorns dropping, mostly chestnut oaks, which mm-hmm. not as preferable as white oaks. But um, a few white oaks were dropping, but mostly chestnuts. We don't know that for a fact. I guess to, to white oaks, we do think that. We should. We need to do a t- taste test. Maybe we missed it a little bit. But I eat a lot of acorns. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I want to know. I think the tannin levels are what is the, the bitter taste. I noticed from one white oak will taste, 
I mean, none of them taste good, if I'm being honest. We're just going off of Bo Martonic's word of the Sheets Hot Dogs of the Woods, which I don't mind a Sheets Hot Dog every once in a while. Hot Dogs. Yeah. Well, that Penn State accent you got there. Hot well, Dogs. Well, hot Dogs. Hot Dogs. Let me pet that dog. Hot Dog. Yeah. Um, but, but even from White Oak to White Oak, I've noticed some taste mm-hmm. really gross, yeah. and other ones taste, like, edible. That's where you should set up, probably, where they taste edible. Well, there's too many. Yeah. There's too many. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's, um, I do, I've, I've got, I guess this year, red oaks have been okay. Um, black oaks have been dropping. Chestnut oaks have been good. White oaks in Ohio were really good. My white oaks in Kentucky, complete failure, which mm-hmm. I think is because we, we got a late freeze down there. Um, so I think that probably nuked my white oaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, acorns were dropping. Uh, so we had that come in. A couple of does came in. Um, you know, we weren't real... We, we don't really see any bucks uh, or a lot of bucks on our property until about now. Like in the next, if you're listening to this on the 19th, I start seeing bucks now. Um, we only have 28 acres there. So it's not a lot. It's at the point of what I said was 25,000 contiguous acres. So, I mean, it's like a big funnel down in off the mountain. Um, and I had only, I had seen uh, the buck I hunted last year showed up one night. Another three-year-old eight point showed up one night and another three-year-old seven point showed up one night. So, I mean, they had made their rounds into there, but like nothing consistent. Um, so I, I knew there was like a small four point and a three point on the property, which frankly, we saw them in the first hour of being in the blind, they came into the field. He thought about shooting the four point, but I think he just kind of wanted to hold out sometime as we're watching these deer. And I still don't understand what the hell happened, but he, he looked by me into the woods and was like, He's like, big buck. And I was like, what? He's like, right there in the woods. And I'm, I couldn't see it. I don't know what the hell he was like. A tree, maybe? Because mm-hmm. um, it was like 20, 30 minutes gone by. Does had moved into the field. Bucks had kind of gone in behind us. <clears throat> and this deer that he claims he saw, I'd never seen. Uh, and so we're just sitting there talking. And I look at the end of the food plot, and this buck steps out. Which, in hindsight, two-year-old. But, I mean, compared to the other bucks... Yes, bigger. So I'm wondering if he did see that deer and he was just in the woods eating acorns uh, and hadn't entered the field yet, but I just, I didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he caught a glimpse of him moving or whatever. So this deer's clear at the other end of the food plot, just eating. Uh, we had does come out up towards us and he's slowly working up. So, you know, I have Harlan in position at this point, like he's for sure shooting him. I looked and I realized I got this deer on camera the night before at like 10 o'clock. He showed up on our property and like I got one picture of him, which is typical of how my property works. Like he moved in, he hung around that day because he probably found the food plot and he may have moved out the next day. Like, I don't know. Um, So watching this deer, he's working up and working up. And I told him, I was like, hey, we had practiced um, uh with the crossbow at the 30 this year previously he couldn't shoot past 20 i wouldn't let him so he practiced out the 30 this year and i was like hey here's our markers talked him through it this buck actually came up and was lip curling behind does which was kind of cool to see so to the point of like opening day stuff like Mm -hmm. yeah he felt frisky enough to to do that and um he got he got to probably 23 yards and in hindsight, I probably should have let him come up a little further because he looked pretty broadside to me, but Harlan was to my left. So it was more of an, you know, quarter towards. And so I kind of said, Hey, you know, just hug it tight to the shoulder, you know, and, and whenever you're ready. 
And I mean, those things are so freaking fast. And that that Ravens seven years old or whatever. It's not mm-hmm. any of the new ones, but um, he shot and like I don't even I didn't even see where he hit it because I don't use lighted knocks on those things. And but deer kind of crunched up enough and like took off up the hill. And I was like, all right, man, you hit it, you hit it, watch. And like I didn't even get that out, and deer just like fell over like twenty five yards up there. So we were high-fiving in there. We, he was super pumped. He was shaking like a leaf, you know? And I was like, dude, I was like, that's an eight point. Like, you killed an eight point. And at the time, I'm like, I don't know if it's, you know, and I don't care, especially back there. But I was like, I don't know if that's a great one-year-old or, like, a really shitty two-year-old. Um, and, that's what you said to him? No, in my head. <laughs> You're like, son, this thing's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's a piece of shit. It's funny because Emily and I both said that. I was like, man, I'm glad he shot this thing. It was yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. And uh, so we wait for a while. We go out, find the arrow, um, walk up. And, I mean, he smoked it, like, right through the heart. And it, it was quarter two. Like, in fact, the exit came out back by the liver. Um, but, I mean, he he tore, he literally cut the heart in half on that mm-hmm. thing. So, I mean, he ran 25 yards and just tanked over. Yeah. So, it was good. I mean, I uh, think that deer, uh, deer live-weighted, like, 185. So you know, probably would have been, you know, what I expect for a two-year-old back there. And yeah, he's super stoked. I'm, I'm, Is that his biggest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's his biggest and um, cool dark rack on it and stuff. And so he's going to, I'm going to do a skull <laughs> mount on that. Um, and then uh, we're doing deer sticks and stuff this weekend. Cool. So has there been any research around uh, or like statistics on bumper acrop, acorn crop years, like what that does to deer body weights? Uh, yeah, there, a lot of it. Um, it, it, you know, the, the big thing with an acorn crop is, um, so we're not looking at protein in acorns, right? It's carbs, all carbs, what? carb, carb, carb. No protein in acorns? Low, very low. Really? Yeah. You're sure about that? Yes. Seems like it would be fairly high. No, it's, it's mostly carbs and a little bit of fat. Um, that's what they're stacking on. Google that, Nick. Yep. I want to know. So they're how how much protein in an acorn? So they're basically like when they're consuming those acorns. Because nuts typically have high protein levels. Yeah, most of them do, um, or at least moderate protein levels. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure acorns are are pretty low on that on that protein scale. Hmm. Very high in carbs. High in fat too. Moderate. Really? Yeah. But but it's the carbs that are helping them build the energy to then build the fat layer. Uh, like they don't have to consume fat to build the fat layer on them, sure. you know? And so that's where a lot of that weight comes from, right? Is like, how thick is that? I mean, we've all probably skinned a deer out that it's like, I mean, I'm talking like mm-hmm. thick fat on it. We've also, I got to tell them. you, man, this, the, that Brian's deer didn't ha- I mean, greasy cheeks, like I said, yeah, but not like, not, as not what you would you think. think. Just, a, just a horse. 1.7 grams in an ounce of acorns or sorry. Uh, in one ounce, 28.4 grams. What's the serving size? <laughs> we did. Uh, how, yeah, how, how, have a percent? How would we? Yeah, what's the? Uh, how would we? Uh, what's the comparative uh, that we can understand that? What's the three percent of daily value for for a human? Which doesn't sound like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't yeah, see any humans go. that are eating acorns. Yeah. So, besides me, um, <laughs> I I do eat a, a fair amount of them, Nick. I'll grab two or three on the way to the stand. Here, let's see. Uh, while they only have six to eight percent protein, acorns are packed with nutrients, including forty to forty-five percent carbohydrates and fifty to fifty-five percent fats. This makes it very digestible and an excellent source of energy for deer. 
Yeah. Real so fatty. Si- so six to eight percent. So always you're running around on a keto diet. Pretty, yeah. Uh, opposite of the keto diet. Opposite. Yeah. Oh, because it's got All high carbs. carbs too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you think they're running around on the Jared Prussia diet. Yeah. <laughs> high carbs. High carbs. High fat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, if you think about, I the ate protein, a quadruple burger from Eaton Park last night, and a no quad, wonder he felt like a quad shit and a morning. vanilla milkshake and fries. Oh my god. Uh, so a deer needs six percent protein a day just to like have basic body functions like mm-hmm. breathing, digestion, etc. So if you think of acorns only have six, and this is why corn is in that same boat. Corn doesn't have much protein either. Right. And so if that's why a deer could eat corn and literally starve to death. Yeah. Cuz it's just sugar and carbs, right? Carbs, yeah, small fat amounts. It does have some protein. And some of these new varieties have higher proteins, but for the most part, it's like 6 to 8% as well. Mm-hmm. Which is why soybeans and clover and alfalfa, everything that's all high protein. Um so these deer are basically, they've put on the body uh, muscle mass from spring and summer foods, browsing, forbs, soybeans, whatever. Now they're packing on the carbs to build that fat layer out. And then they'll lose both body mass, you know, from muscles and fat mass over the winter because they're just trying to maintain and survive. Mm. So that's kind of your, it's the same thing with bears. Bears are just trying to pack in all that fat before they go to torpor. So back to the original question, do you think on bumper acorn crop years, we have heavier deer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and not necessarily because of protein, but because of the carbs, carbs and the fat yep. that's in there. And I think that you also will have bigger bucks the next year with some like, yeah, because they'll More go food. into the winter so healthy. healthier and they'll come out of winter healthier. Oh, yeah. I'd love to be just a big old acorn eaten son of a gun yeah <laughs> imagine how good they feel right now they're yeah. probably just like Whoa. oh yeah they're just yeah just mr crabs or mr uh lobster or lobster from spongebob yeah, yeah. Dude, dude i've been i've been carving up a lot <laughs> i yeah <laughs> late not night even, carb lives crushing a sixer yeah not even on purpose like wow. my grandmother made like dozens of cookies for this wedding i've just been crushing cookies there you go. they got 25 pounds of lunch meat so i've just been eating wow. sandwiches like crazy that's like, a lot of sammy's that's a lot that of, sounds yeah. like deer camp a lot of processed meat yeah there, i know i know we My, just have like, you can't feel very good <laughs> i don't feel good we have like 19 pounds of lunch meat for deer camp yeah <laughs> yeah remember you used to do that uh what, what were you cooking there pork butt Oh, yeah. I almost choked it because you put a whole piece of pork butt on there. I was like, <laughs> in, the, in the stand, I almost died. <laughs> five minutes before daylight, you were eating it. Yeah, yeah, it was true. I couldn't see what I was eating either. You were starving at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. good stuff. Pre-daybreak but, snack. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Um, uh, I did have that shooter show up again Sunday night. Um, so he, he'll start to frequent it more. I've got a stand picked out or trees picked out for a stand. I know where he'll be. He's bedded close. I saw him at like eight, 10, both nights. So once he gets more regular, I'll, I'll make a move. That deer was super visible. I should have killed him last year. I just didn't take the time to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and transparently I will have some hunting time back cause Carter just, you know, not feeling it this year. No, not feeling it. You know, I told him, I was like, dude, when you want to go out, let me know. But you Fine. know. Yeah, so I took Harlan. Good. More for me and you. Yeah, exactly. So I took Harlan. I hunted what idiot two mornings for that big Kentucky buck this year. This man, I didn't. I saw a doe and fawn one day, and then see shit the next. Yeah, he texted me like, "This is why I don't hunt mornings." Yeah, and uh, then uh, he showed up the day after I left, not in daylight, but um, he's been in there. And then I took Harlan. So that first tree stand city had where he did his tree stampede. Um, 
we had like four does come in uh, on us, and it's uh, it's cool, man, because I think he realized like you know, it's just something about being in a tree stand versus a ground blind or box blind where you're like, you know, you're in the situation. Um, oh, dude. Yeah. You're, you're total you, difference. You, Corey yeah. and I hunted a blind the other night. It was the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you about this. Sorry, sorry. You finish, uh, you finish and then I'll tell you. Yeah, it was just it, like, you know, these does <clears> come in at 10 yards and he's like, I mean, he's probably shaking worse than with the buck. Cause I mean, they're like, they know we're there, but yeah. they're, you know, they're head ducking. They're not sure. You teach them the squinty eye. Yeah, I just said don't look at him in the eye. Don't ever look him in the eye. But he just kept saying he wanted to shoot one. I was like, no, we're not going to shoot this though. And he's, I mean, but, you know, it was that because then they worked off and he was like, that was amazing. You know, and it's like, dude, you've had way more does closer than that in the box blind, but it's like, it's just a different situation. It's different for sure. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Muddy. Man, Jared, we probably have been using Muddy products for at least 10 years now. Long time, dude. It's been a long time. And I can remember when it was simply just safety harnesses and camera arms of all things. And, you know, that's evolved to where you and I both have a bunch of Muddy box blinds as well. I wouldn't say a bunch, but yeah, they've come a long way. And certainly the box blinds are are huge. Shot that buck over your shoulder out of a Muddy box blind a couple years ago. The harness and and all of the other safety accessories really are, are a major component of, of what Muddy offers for me. Um, you know, we've had some injuries in the past. You know, I've had some, some tree stand accidents. This, this is all back before we were using, uh, you know, frankly, harnesses, mm-hmm. uh, the lineman's belt while we're hanging stuff, and the safe lines. I have those in every single one of, uh, you know, our fixed tree stands now. And uh, so we really have made safety a priority. Uh, that, that's a big deal for us. And, uh, you know, Muddy has everything we need for that. Yeah, and I think uh, the cool thing about Muddy is anyone listening to the Hunter podcast can save 20%. Using the code Hunter20, that's H U N T R 20. Anything that you can see on the Muddy Outdoors store online, use that code, save yourself 20% for this hunting season. Go Muddy. We, I didn't, I don't think, get a chance to catch you up on, and I won't tell the whole story, but we, Corey and I saw that sweep, sweeping A point. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, we're, we're on them. I mean, that opening weekend, we saw five or six mature bucks. Wow. Corey and I had that one at 30 yards, got got up out of the bed right where I knew he was coming from. And he came down at the last minute, like his big bucks do. He just, you know. Just kind of fed t- like a deer. Tail off and hit some scrapes and stuff. And um, So we'd, we'd hunted stands. We had we got three hunts that opening mm-hmm. uh, stretch there. And the first two were from tree stands. And then the last one, we're like, hey, let's go try rays. And so it's, it's a muddy box blind. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the one you and I put out there. Yeah. Funny enough, as we're sitting in the stand, that's when that wide one showed up at the scrape that we'd left. Of course it did. Um, so we, if you remember, I uh, hadn't put that tint up yet. Yep. Holy cow, was that like a debacle. It was loud. <laughs> the the one, it seemed like it went up so smooth in the summer, like when I wasn't trying to be quiet, but like, sounded like I was ripping duct tape off a tin roof. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then trying to put it on. I knew it was too. And so that took, and we were sweating and stuff. And like, it, it was, there was a feeling of, of claustrophobia there compared to like, and then uh, j- just for a minute there, like after we got everything set up, we had shed some layers. Like we were kind of finally settled. Corey's like, I have to pee. I was like, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we step out on the back thing of the uh-huh. thing. And I was like, oh, it's like, what a beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, it's like just such a contrast to being in the blind and it's, they definitely have their their major advantages and it was a fun set. So did I send you that really nice two-year-old we saw that night? I don't think so. Giant. Hmm. Yeah. Giant two-year-old came right up in there, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was not sitting in the trees, Dan, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, 
they absolutely have their place and and i i like sitting in them in a lot of situations but from a you know especially like this kind of october time frame like just getting in a stand and being in a stand it it you know helps with the kids because i can get away with a lot more movement obviously but oh yeah that's a toad that's a giant two-year-old yeah Corey's first reaction was there he is (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a nice deer but Nice deer. It's probably a 125-inch two-year-old. Yeah. Um, so you guys are listening to this 19th. We just probably came through. If you're in, you know, uh, Midwest, you know, down into Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Pennsylvania, obviously, you, we just came through another cold front. So I would assume you had a pretty good one here. Now it's kind of looking at, boy, the, ne- the weather for the next 10 days is critical. Um, you know, if you're listening to this on the 19th, that's going to take you basically to Halloween. You're looking for another front. Um, I'm worried. And Don't I, be worried. Dude. I'm, I'm worried that we're not going to see one because we've seen three or four already in October at this point. Yeah. I, that's yeah. my only concern. You can't worry about it. I'm not it, saying though. you can't it kill the deer. Like you absolutely can. But you know, we've, we've lucked out to where, I mean, we've had a pretty solid stretch of like high fifties, low sixties for highs. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think the the way to approach that is like make make the most of the cold fronts. Like, mm-hmm. do everything you can to to uh, to be in the woods during those times. But um, don't, don't freak out either. You know what I mean? It's like nobody freak out. Yeah, it's it's the it's the journey. It's not you know the, the opportunity will will come. I yeah. think that's the mindset. You just have to have the confidence that like, hey, if you if you continue working mm-hmm. at it, you know, continue just be vigilant and 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 hunt when you can. Yeah. You know, it'll work out. So. Yeah. No, it, it's. Uh, your season's supposed to be enjoyable. It's the, supposed to be fun. It's the next to be. 12 days, this drop in the 19th, from now until Halloween, it's probably my favorite time to hunt whitetails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm with you. You you want those cold weather fronts. It's It sucks when it's hot in November. Yeah. But, you know, it happens. It is what it is. So, I mean. Well, and I, I mean, take advantage of it. If you're listening to this, the next 12 days, if you can take some vacation and, and you know, even if you burn a day, you know, uh, if it's the right day, you know, that's better than taking a week later. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before we know it, October is going to slip through our fingertips here. Yeah. Um, I, I face the same thing, too. Like, I start feeling, you know, it, in in there's those two bucks that I really feel like I want to kill. But then in, in October here, I started thinking, I'm like. Well, you know what shows in November. Well, no, I'm like, well, that other one is killable. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, you know, I almost went and hunted that original clover the other yeah. night because I was like, oh, I could probably kill that buck. And, and I would be happy with that deer. But I was like, I have to catch myself from like, like from. uh from uh, uh, backing off of my sure. my goal, goal, all like all of a sudden, yep. it's like man, I got plenty of time. There's no reason to rush it here. Yep. You know, on a hot the season goes straight through. Like it's, we got plenty of time, and mm-hmm. the only thing that does it is in November. Um, did you book that? I saw you book the Airbnb. Are we mm-hmm. on that property as well? Yeah, yeah, that comes with it. Did you? Are you going to book uh, where, you, where your dad was at too? I think we should. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. For that. <laughs> I know, and, uh, and as that draws, Kansas trip in third week in November is kind of just. And as that draws near, um, yeah. So and so transparently for everybody, we're kind of. Uh, so we mentioned Cody Quesel. Like mm-hmm. we've been hunting out of those lone wolf custom gear stands for our running gun sets for mm-hmm. a while now. That's what I killed uh, my buck in North Dakota out of. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, it's it's a sweet. It's a. I mean, when it comes when it comes to running gun tree stands, I mean, it's as good as it gets in my opinion. Yeah. Um, we have a really nice juncture of like well i counted the other day dude i've got i've got 40 tree stands at 
at our farm. Wow. Uh, a large majority of them are, are muddy. So like we, we do hunt out of those yeah, muddy our tree fixed stands. position, ladder stand, like those, the ladder stand, we were hunting out of one of those, uh, 1.5, um, hawk tree stands. Mm-hmm. And so Harlan, Hawks up there too. Harlan and I both can sit in that ladder stand. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got some two mans as well. So all of our fixed position stuff, yeah, hawk, muddy, big game, whatever. Um, and but, the blinds. Yep. And, and the lifelines. I've got a lifeline yeah. in every single, all 40 of those. Traces. But from a, from a mobile setup, and we've tried a bunch, we've used some, um, but, you know, ultimately Cody and, and Andre's mobile setup for their stands is, is bar none. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, and you get what you pay for, right? But I mean, yeah, they're it, expensive. I, it, it, what is, I don't want to misquote it, but I do want to say if you buy a full setup with those Lone Wolf custom gears, pushing a thousand bucks, it is, it's over a thousand, just over a thousand dollars. Yep. For four like sticks, four sticks and a 1.5 is what I'm hunting out of. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5, sorry. Yeah, I've got a 0. 0.75. I have a, a little bit bigger platform on mine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then four sti- 20 inch sticks, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's right over, it's almost 1100 bucks. Yep. And uh, as of now, they don't pay us for promotion or anything like that. No. C- Cody's become a friend. We really respect like, yeah. what the Tequistas do. And, and honestly, I got to say, uh, you know, the guys that we work with at Muddy, Chris Duncan being one of yep. them, is they've been like super gracious to let us, you know, granted, we're, we're, you know, we're going to do what we want to do anyways. But, the, you know, we, we had to go to them and say like, hey, listen, you know, yeah, I wanted to transparently, you know, mm-hmm. we hunt, we hunt out of a lot of these Muddy Tree stands, but for running and gunning, like that's a big piece of us too. It's I think they know that they don't make anything that really qualifies in that run and gun situation. Yeah. Um, you well, know, they, well, they do, but maybe not to the level of quality. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's where like fixed position, ladder stands, blinds, box blinds, like, you know, they've got a huge assortment for that stuff. But yeah. when we need a mobile and that mobile set, you need one. Right. And you just go. I have two. I do. Too. <laughs> but. I was just saying, you need one, but I have two. Yeah, it, it, it just... They are expensive. I bought one one year, and I bought one the next year. Well, the the hardest part is, is like, uh, I love being able to go and get into a set stand, in the morning especially. I can't beat it. it I mean, there's nothing better. Can't just sit, it. get up in and just, you're there. I still don't hang stands in the morning as very often. Yeah. I but, try to avoid that if but, I can. I mean, we also know to to kill big bucks, a lot of times we've got to get mobile. Well, and here's the reality, too. I think a lot of guys are in our situation here where you hunt with other guys, you hunt with your dads, Mm -hmm. and I want to have, you know, there's good, you know, my dad's not going to be mobile. There's (laughs) go-to rut spots. Dude, hanging tree stands is hard, you know, whether they're running gun stands or or permanent stands. Like, it's, you know, it requires a level of, like, physical fitness that, you know, frankly, a lot of their guys in their 50s and 60s are just, it's tough to do at night or it's... You yeah, know, you got to sure. throw the crossbow over your shoulder and yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's already full cocked. Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> it's tough. And, uh, you know, so we, Jeremy and I really take advantage, I guess speaking to the listeners here of like, uh, you know, those, those fixed position muddies are huge and those hawk stands that we've had up for years and stuff. Um, you know, they're in the right spots that one that Brian killed out of was a, as a fixed, a fixed stand muddy. Yep. And, um, but it's nice because like, you know, you and I are in our thirties and you're coming over 40 here, but you know, you're, you're feeling Crazy. physically fit. But, and, uh, so, so we put the dads in these, you know, the known spots and I'll, so I'll certainly hunt them too, you know, especially those rut spots. It's like, they don't change from mm-hmm. year to year, but, but especially this time of year, like it, it gives us the peace of mind. And even in, in November, like when we go out there, we have a bunch of muddies hung already sure. for the dads. Yep. You and I are going to likely dive into public with mobile. those custom gears and, mm-hmm. and rip. So do those, those things are clutch. Yeah. It's, it's going to be big. So we'll talk about it here on a future podcast, but I've expanded the, uh, the Ohio farm to 230 acres from yeah. 130. Yeah. And so I walked a lot of that and, uh, you know, I haven't, I've got some logging about to go on there. 
so I haven't really hung anything. So with some of these bucks I'm seeing on camera, like the only way I'm going to kill them is to get in there and be mobile. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, hang and hunt, adjust, hang and hunt. Because, you know, and I don't have any history. Uh, I'm just kind of reading sign, which is cool to get back to. But, um, yeah, super, super critical to have. I mean, and it, uh, just unreal quality build. I mean, it it's the best, you know, mobile setup that I think you could have. Some other guys make. I, I know that uh, Infault's got his B stand. I've, sure. In fairness, I've never hunted out of it. I've, I've seen it. it. I assume it's good. They make limited yeah. quantities of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Novix has done some mobile stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and those are still very similar to the old Lone Wolf, right? Yes. Which I've got some of those. Yeah. They're, I, they're too expensive to be like fixed. You know, those are kind of my intermediaries. Yeah. There. I do. I usually will hang those and let them sit for a certain period. That's right. Maybe it's a week. That's right. But then I'll I'll move them. Whereas like my lone wolf comes down when I come down unless I know I'm hunting it the next day. Yeah, yeah. Leave your stuff in the tree. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do. Tie tie her up to the the old bow hook and just let her hit let her eat. Tie, what are you tying to the bow hook? I just I tie my bow. To oh, the bow you hook. tie your bow in? Yeah. Well, I, I just, should. I just buckle her up. I should just put a little seatbelt on I, her. I've, she sat through some windy nights, man. And I dude, some of those nights in Kansas, I remember looking out and be like, "Yeah, she's swinging." Yeah, yeah. No, I, I give her a little seatbelt on there. I hung a muddy the other day that Dale hunted. It's six sticks high. That's a nosebleed. It's way up there, but you have to because it's one of them ones where it's like the the food plot. You're goes almost up at eye level on other sides. Yeah, next two weeks will be awesome, man. I'm I'm hoping we have uh, we get back on here for our next bonus episode, and we have some some more deer hitting the ground. It's, de it's deer season, man. It's just you know, it's it's hard not to let you don't want to let it slip away, but you don't want to. It's funny, dude. We're sitting here. Is this the third year, uh, third deer season in a row we've been on doing the podcast? Yeah, second. So yeah, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, so it's funny. Our conversations over the years probably sound about the same at this time. Is and, and hopefully with some like some wisdom, some maturity <laughs> mixed in, you know. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, but so you want to you want to maximize these experiences, but just just take it in. You know, it's you can't you can't hunt every day. That's not the reality. You I, know, I related to because uh, I mean I love this time. This is my favorite time of year. Just like leaves falling. Like even like running yesterday, I just was fuck like in my element. But I feel like I have my heels like in the ground trying to slow time because I I hate you know. It's the next. I live for the next six weeks. Yeah, it, for you is is it mi is it mixed with like a is there a feeling of like is there a guilt that comes with it a little bit of like uh like for for me it's like I know there are times where I feel like uh I just don't want to take advantage of like you know my wife's like uh, you know and like response I don't know there is there is a part of it where I'm I've like, been married fourteen years I think she gets it. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I do. We have a give and take. I mean, like I said, I, the, I live for the next six weeks. Three days of those, I'm going to be helping her run a hundred miler, and I'm going to yeah, be crewing yeah, her. I know. So, like, there's a trade off, give or take. But she, she, I know, I know, mine will go away once. So, because we're we still have our shop open. Yeah. So once we close, that's next Monday. Uh, yeah. Big. I'll be better with that. Yeah. But. And it also helps now that my kids are getting older, even though they were like UFC fighting last night, and I had to like <laughs> break it up. But like, they're getting older to where they're self sufficient. Like. You know, five years ago when you know, Harlan was two and Carter was six, like she had her hands full when I left. Yeah. Now it's like they can at least, you know, survive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe one of them at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, and I don't, I try not to abuse it because I mean, we, you know, crazy thing is we still have to work. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. Go yeah. figure. You know, so, you know, we still have things to get done, but. Um, so you want to go to Illinois soon? 
Yeah, I was thinking uh, at least like a soft pencil in. Do we know if those crops are off yet? I think that's that would be. They're finishing them up from what Don was telling me. That'd be a nice cue is like literally when the neighboring stuff gets cut, especially the big cornfield. It sounds like it's all going, it'll all be down by maybe this front coming through. Like they've been over time because it's been dry. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of penciling in. I mean, we've got a couple bucks that we would shoot for sure out mm -hmm. there. Uh, no, not much daylight on them necessarily. Yeah, everything. It, I would assume things are going to start showing up real fast here. Um, and we're going to kind of have to start from scratch, like you know, right? Yeah, we have no idea. Yeah, yeah. we got one. Oh, we get, we, you know, that north plot and the river bottom plot. Like I think look fairly good. You know, there's there's rye in the yeah. one. There's at least a corner of some brassicas in the one. Yeah, and uh, I figure it makes sense. I mean, at least soft pencil. And if nothing new shows up, maybe not. Uh, maybe we push it a week or something. Um, but I think we should at least, we at least should start thinking about it. Well, in it. terms of starting from scratch, what I mean is like, you know, maybe just start at our spot at certain spots and then re redesign and, and hang and hunt. Absolutely. And, cause, well, cause we do have, like I said, we have some muddies hung out there as well mm -hmm. and they're like, they're, they're food plot stand, you know, they're food plot stands and they're, rut some of pinch. them are rut pinches, mm -hmm. rut stands. And, uh, and we have cameras paired with most of those and there's nothing to say like, other than, you know, maybe the. Maybe that north sand in the morning or something. Well, yeah, that's what, like, I'm sure there's some big scrapes out there getting crushed, and we don't have cameras on them. Yeah, so we're going to waltz, waltz out there and mm -hmm. maybe figure something out. Do some patrolling for sure. We've had some trespasser issues early on here. Go figure. So, but, yeah, we, you know, we'll get it posted up, get our, mm -hmm. you know, make our presence known. and Yeah, I think it'll, it's on the docket here in the next two weeks probably. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's a three-day trip to just get out there and hunt and post. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Been missing you, dude. I haven't seen you much. I know. Where you been? Hunting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just don't, I don't come out here for, yeah. you know, work during the week and stuff. So yeah. it's fun to get a trip together. Yeah. I think it'll be good. It'll be a good time of year. I, I would assume we've got a pretty big buck that shows up here in the next week or so. Be, it'd be something if we could go out there and even just one of us, even if we kill that floppy one, I'd be all about that. Yeah. we got got a couple good ones to get out of there. So <clears throat> You hold off on that three-year-old? Which one? That whatever he is. Oh, yeah. Ten point. Yeah, we've got three, uh, three, I think three, three-year-olds that are all over one fifty. Yeah, out there. Yeah, I assume I assume way more will show up. We've too. got two ten points, both with split a uh, split G two, um, that are both over one fifty. Mm. Um, yeah, it's cool to to see that. I mean, the genes are there. Land, it's just, land of giants. Yeah, we got to yeah. just see if we can hold. We've got a, off. We've got a buck called Floppy because he's got a floppy ear. Uh, and yeah, you know what I mean. Monster there. cock. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that deer's ancient, and he's a horse. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a that's a three hundred pound deer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, for sure, he's giant. Yeah, and so yeah, there's some cool deer showing up. But yeah, as these crops come down, and and probably some pressure comes around there. I didn't even know it, it was youth gun season last week. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll be, we're going to put some time in there. I'm going to try to get to Ohio. I may even get to Ohio before this podcast drops to try to kill something before they start cutting trees. So you're thinking like last week of October, you want to go out? Either, yeah. Okay. Or the second, because it's um, either the week of the 23rd or, yeah, at the latest Halloween week, which would be into November. Crack them horns together. Mm -hmm. I know that November time frame is your your uh, Ohio spot though kicks up the first couple of days of November. Well, I mean whatever. Yeah, the twenty second through the twenty eighth would be nice to catch a weather front yep. on, on that as well. 
Yep. Or even that weekend, like leading up to it. I mean, dude, once we get the shop closed up and uh, yeah, we'll be ready, I'll be in. I'll be in pretty good shape. Corey's in camp here this next week, so like next uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mm-hmm. type deal is we'll be out. We'll be back at the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I leave Thursday to go help her for her run. So and you'll be back when? Uh Saturday. Yeah, so maybe sometime like twenty sixth through the twenty ninth or something like that. Yep, I like it. Or even into the middle of November. <laughs> Crazy. We'll it's scary to be talking about November. That's that's that is. I'm trying to keep it out of my head and focus on the next 18 days of 19 days of October. So, but anyways, uh, appreciate you listening to this episode of Hunter Podcast 152, and we'll catch y'all next week. Later. It take me. Oh.